Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes on this glorious day. Aaron stops by, Colleen Wolf stops by, the boys are hot, AJ Hawk is obviously ridiculous. If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's go. There is a completely reasonable expectation for the Rams to actually play football last night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay? The Rams. The team that told St. Louis, allegedly, potentially, we got a deal in place to get a new stadium. The taxpayers are going to pay for it. But, hey, St. Louis, we're fucking out of time. We're going to Los Angeles. And Stan Kroenke, who married the Walmart folks mm-hmm. and probably had his own money. Those are all arranged, right? Has to be. I mean, all yeah. those big money things. I don't think they're yeah. letting anyone marry a, a, a Walmart daughter. I don't think so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because if anybody was to get into a relationship with a mega bazillion bazillion dollar you'd probably do exactly what wrong give me the avalanche give me the nuggets give me the tottenham give me the rams you would do all those things and what that's what cronky a lot of money business decisions he is a force i believe in all professional leagues at this point i think he has a he has a baseball team. He has a hockey team. Yeah, MLS. He has an MLS team. He has an NFL team, and he has a uh, English league. Yeah, uh, yeah. Premier, Premier League, league uh-huh. team. Yep. So this guy is dabbling in literally every single league. I'm a, I'm going to Los Angeles, and when he gets to LA, there's another team that's going to be there, the Chargers, and they decide they have to build a new stadium because the Chargers are playing in an MLS stadium, and the Rams are playing at USC stadium. So there was a big thing that had to had to happen. Stan Kroenke goes, "Cool, let me get some designs for this stadium." They say, uh, here you go, in Los Angeles, uh, some of the most expensive real estate on earth. The amount of, you know, just price gouging that happens over there and taxes and everything that happens in California. It's going to cost $2 billion. Then they get into building SoFi Stadium, and that thing ends up being like six, seven, eight billion. Kroenke says, out of my ass, go ahead and take it. I don't care. Make the place sweet, and I'm going to invest all my money. Not just in Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays at SoFi Stadium that can't handle a little storm, but it is beautifully built. Not only is that money, but our team is going to win. We are going to win over Los Angeles. We are here in the past. We're going to win it over again as the Chargers try to get in there. And we have the Super Bowl in the stadium that I built. Stan Kroenke said, fuck the future. Leslie said, fuck them picks. And Sean McVay said, fuck, I can get down with that because I had an offer to do Monday Night Football. Just a year ago, they were going to pay me like $15, $20 million to do Monday Night Football. I said, no, I want to coach. So they're going all in. All in. Give us Maddie Stafford. Do this. Do that. Pay this. Pay that. How you doing? Keep it moving. New stadium. New team. Trade for Vaughn Miller. Oh, we're getting Odell Beckham Jr. We're going to actually throw him the ball in the first play so he knows, hey, we love you. Matthew Stafford might force a punt in his direction, but we're going to go all in and we're going to win. And we're traveling to Santa Clara, California. And we're playing against a wounded animal, a team that hasn't won at home in over eight games. They're on a four-game losing streak. They stink. The Rams are on the rise. The Niners on the decline. This seemed like an alley-oop. But it was, it was suspicious. A little bit. Everybody on earth was hammering the Rams. Yep. Everybody on earth was loving Matty Stafford and Sean McVay and Vaughn Miller and what? Aaron Donald what? and Jalen Ramsey and Cooper Cub what? and Matthew Stafford what? and Johnny Hecker's completing passes. What? But the line didn't move at all. Uh-uh. Just stayed put three and a half. This thing ain't budging. It was almost like the sports book was telling us, hey, 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 
You all are out of control. There's going to be no chemistry between Matthew Stafford and Odell Beckham Jr., and we saw that very quickly. Uh Von Miller might not even have any chemistry with the D-liner as well. That's going to be a problem. He's not going to do a damn thing. In the 49ers, Shanahan, there's been conversations about Matt Nagy potentially being a better coach (laughs) than him. He drew up every single college football misdirection run right down the fucking throats of the Rams defense that was just a year ago being heralded as one of the greatest defenses Uh in football. I should have known this. I should have expected this. But I am ice cold when it comes to gambling. And you don't realize that Shanahan is going to drop these plays where Juice is going to be chipping on Von Miller. And then George Kittle is going to pick Von Miller up (laughs) and dump him on his ass, which George Kittle is known for doing. George Kittle scores the touchdown. Immediately upon happening, of course George Kittle scores the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. They did whatever the hell they wanted to the Rams. Mm -hmm. And on the offensive side, Matthew Stafford did not look good at all. There's a conversation going around the internet now. Actually, I know a Rams fan was saying, oh, you look a little bit like Matthew Goff. Whoa! Whoa. We've seen this before, is what the Rams fan was basically saying. We've seen this before. There's memes now coming out where you take off, obviously, the mask and what's underneath. They're saying Matthew Stafford was a mask on. Boom! This is what the internet's already saying. Oh, my God. Not just this, by the way. And this is because he threw two picks to a guy that said uh, uh, Stafford stinks in the offseason. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, the guy, Jimmy Ward, I believe, Jimmy yep. Ward uh-huh. actually said in the offseason, it's Stafford. What are we even talking about? I thought potentially he was going to get lit up last night by Matty Stafford, Sean McVeigh, who incredibly competitive people and talented and drop a lot of weapons. That You, you just... You watch the game, and then all of a sudden, is Carson Wentz better than, than Matthew Stafford? No. That, that is something going around here. Is Chris Ballard? <laughs> did Chris Ballard get this right whenever he brought old two sprains to Indianapolis instead of Matthew Stafford? This is because one night, now the number two wide receiver on an offense that is incredibly efficient in the passing game is out. Yeah, right. We just assumed Odell Beckham Jr. was going to be able to pick that up. That's on me. That's why I'm ice cold. That's why for the next Super Boost, I will not be picking it. I am handing over the reins to somebody else because the people betting alongside my Super Boost, I think they believe just like me. We're too optimistic. We give too much hope to things that seem to be spectacular. and We we don't realize that, oh, they could potentially get fucking rocked tonight. I didn't even think that was a situation that could possibly show up. The Niners did their thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely did their thing it was a must win they were in the corner of the NFC West uh-huh. back down coming out of some injuries getting a little bit healthy Jimmy Garoppolo what's his future look like and if you watch the Manning cast I feel like you should just put 11 people in between the hashes yeah mm-hmm. right there that is where that is that is where Jimmy's going to throw the ball to literally Peyton and Eli are like why do, why do the Rams even have anybody on an outside shade? He is throwing the ball right down the middle. And then, by the way, they're running right down the middle. Uh-huh. This, is, this was Shanahan, literally. And it looked like a college offense because of all the misdirection and the amount of run and speed and everything going on. But in all those offenses, just like in the Niners, if they get going on first down, it's over. Yeah. you got to stop on first down. They got to a second and 13 one time. And I think it was only once that they even got to a second and 13. And I thought, ooh, maybe they're in trouble. They got to that fourth down. They fucking seem, boom, they're off and running. Yep. They were on schedule every single play, it seemed like. And there was nothing the Rams could do. And it wasn't until we were watching that, and I was watching that, that I thought, of course, this is how this was going to go. I don't think it's time to throw in the towel 
on Matthew Gofford no. or Matthew Stafford or the guy that's allegedly not as good as Carson Wentz, which, by the way, I'm happy Carson Wentz playing good football. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Not too long ago, fade away, left hand, in yep. his own end zone, pick six. I mean, we, there's going to be bad games by all humans out there. But, boy, I did not expect the Rams to be that awful. On the flip side, very quickly, Al Michaels, legend. Yeah, be awesome. awesome. He was awesome. Incredible conversation. 75 years old. He's never ate, ate a vegetable before. Love that. Oh, thank you, Al. And, and by the way, he has a good time. And oh, yeah. We all know Al Michaels does. Oh, yeah. He doesn't live like a, uh, you know, he's not doing the TB12 shit. No, no, He no. is just living, I think. Right. And 75 years old sounds amazing. Quick. That makes us all feel very good. Yeah, right? absolutely. Incredible. I mean, that makes me feel very good. I'm sure Bill Belichick's watching that going, I can coach on at least 75. You see fucking Al Michaels out there? He's yeah, having time right. of his life. He ain't like me. He was awesome. Phil Mickelson, awesome. Mm-hmm. Draymond Green, felt like I learned a lot about him. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of a situation where he thought they were still talking about his offsides for the Michigan State spring game yeah. as opposed to an actual offside happening in the game. Only stumble, I think, in that. I love Draymond Green after that with that conversation. And Phillip Rivers, I fell asleep in the middle of it. Nine kids, yeah. though, was incredible. He seemed to have a, a good personality. Manning cast, pretty good last night and the first night back after a week off. But the game, Ty, I, I, at Ty Schmidt, the Packers watched along that game, right? Mm-hmm. And the Packers watched that game and thought to themselves, okay, here's a team we're probably going to have to run into at some point. And do you think Packers fans are a lot more excited about the playoffs coming up? Or are you having a realistic view that that is not what the Rams are going to be going forward? Uh, I mean, excited no matter what, because I still think the Packers are better than the Rams are, especially if they have to play at Lambeau. And it's looking like, I mean, unless the they win the division like the Rams are probably gonna have to play an away game in in the yep. first round of the playoffs but because Cardinals obviously. Yeah. yeah I don't think uh they're dead but doesn't it seem like they're kind of front runners like if they don't whoa, get whoa, if they don't get whoa. up early like when whoa, they were whoa. down 14 nothing last front night runners. wow they, it was just done like they need to get on teams they've only the Bucks are the only team they've beaten this year that has a winning record like if they don't if they don't get up early and stuff they just they kind of just collapse because like the run game really wasn't there last night. Goff, I mean, uh, ooh, excuse Whoa, me. Wow, Stafford. Todd. No, no, no. Stafford. 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 What was that all about? Stafford. Don't be doing what the internet's doing. That was a Freudian slip, but it really does. Like <laughs> when it when they were up fourteen nothing, it just didn't feel like the Rams could ever. Do. Yeah, it was like okay, well, this game's over, and then the they couldn't get a stop either. It just feels like if they don't get up and they can't throw it all over the field, like they they just. Crumble. And I don't want to make the comparison to Goff even more so. Mm-hmm. But Jared Goff last year when he was at the Rams, Lions now, pretty good bet too, but with <laughs> with Goff, he was a great live better. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you, you could see early with Goff yeah, yeah, yeah. whether or not he was going to have a good game. <clears throat> like you could see early if Goff was in it or if Goff was out it. I don't know if it's still happening. I haven't been paying attention as much now that they're – Oh, eight and one. Maybe we should take a little look see into that potential live bet sure. hack. Sure. That is Jared. But Stafford, every time they showed him, there was no I didn't I didn't see any like, oh, this guy thinks that they're gonna be able to come back. Mm-hmm. I think Robert Woods not being out yeah. there is massive. massive. Yeah, huge. And I'm alongside a lot of other idiots that just thought OBJ would be able to just get in there and do that thing. The the game was fascinating, but those who hammered the Niners money line, which I guess a lot of sharp do 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 they did that do 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 how they know do 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 it's just because they fade the public. 
Mm, smart. Yeah. But they're so smart, they're intelligent because they're betting alongside mm-hmm. the sports book, but they'll find a reason on why they think that and actually believe it, as opposed to just the fact that somehow, some way, when it feels like everybody goes one way, it's going to go the other way, which is notes we have to take down to bet like the people that fade the public yes. and continue to make money and rake in money. Although my emotional investment in what I want to see go sometimes overrides that, we can still get better. And it's not until Thanksgiving where these bets really start to matter. That's, that's when right. we're going to football. That's right. Bill said it. Bingo. Bill did say it. He, we like to be good all the time. Yeah. That's, that's right. actually what he said whenever he was asked about his teams getting better and playing better. As a, we like to be good all the time, Chris. Let me just, uh, just shut the fuck up, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> we're, trying to, we're trying to play football good all the time. But Tone Diggs, the sports books had to just rake in last night. They actually. raked in last night. They've been raking in the last month because dogs are hitting at an unprecedented rate. Um, and people love overs and people love favorites. Uh, so the, the books have been doing pretty well. Last night... I'm a big favorites guy. You know, I, I just... I love the people that are just supposed to do it, going out there and fucking doing it. Oh, yeah. But my heart's been broken this... Yeah. What is the record? What is the record? Here we go. Dogs are 87-62 in one against the spread this season. Absurd. That's yeah. insanity. NFL underdogs went 9-5 and five against the spread, which is, by the way, explains why I, I had such a right. absolutely horrendous weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I don't want to say I'm a front runner, but I like the greats. I'm like, hey, these greats are yeah. going to be great. You think great should be great. To win. I, I think greats should be great. Like, I just think that should happen. But we have to remember, long season, humans, chemistry matters, camaraderie matters. But, boy, the Rams got their asses. The Rams. Yeah. slaughtered. They seem so – like, they're, listen, they're 7-3, and three, so let's not – but, oh, believe me, whenever the score was up there and they have their, their name and then they have the record right underneath, 7-2, and two, I'm like, how the fuck did this team? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, how is this team 7-2 and two right now when we're looking at other teams that have terrible, like the Colts, like the Patriots, sure. like other teams? It's like, how is this team 7 It's because it is a long season. It is a grind. Look what happened with Dallas and Denver, mm-hmm. and then look what happened to Dallas Falcons, I guess, one week to another. But still, that was alarming, I they think. They seem so much different than, than last year, though. Last year, they had the number one defense, and they had a run game that was just awesome. Now they don't run the ball at all, and they also can't stop the run. I don't know how that happens just in one year. Yeah, and is it is it scheme? Is it they did lose obviously Brandon Staley and yeah. some players. Well, I got to remember Brandon Staley also. I mean, he was also quarterback not, at can't Dayton. Stop the run, right, yeah. he was quarterback at Dayton, but he's defense coordinator, so he sees the game through. Oh shit, yeah, yeah, quarterback guys. That's yeah. interesting. That's why he's head coach of Chargers. They're not winning any games either, but they no. got they got the Pittsburgh Steelers wounded on Sunday night. Uh, Who is going to be able? To turn the page on a rough schneid. Pittsburgh Steelers or Chargers, we'll see that on primetime football Sunday night. The Steelers are without 45 guys. Yeah, Yeah. all the big ones. Ben Roethlisberger, he'll probably play, but what do we know about COVID? We don't know shit about fuck. That's right. So we might not. Because is it negative tests or is it symptoms? I believe it's negative tests because Devontae was able to play against the Cardinals if he got two negative tests and he was diagnosed on Monday. But that okay, makes... but I'm saying, like, if you – is that within a 10-day period? If you get to 10 days and you still can't produce a negative test and you're vaccinated, and I'm only saying that because I am vaccinated, I had COVID, I could not produce an... – my tests might have been much cheaper because they were coming from Walgreens or, or CVS or whatever. Maybe it was a little cheaper than what the NFL was having. I could not produce a negative test until day 11, even though I had no symptoms at that point for seven, eight days or whatever. It's got to be when they stop having symptoms because otherwise, like, why, why would you punish a guy for being vaccinated when if you're unvaccinated, you only have to be out 10 days and you don't have to give a negative test? Like, Zito might have a stat back here. Uh, I don't have the stat, but didn't Aaron have to take a test to get back in the facility? 
Uh, no, he was no. 10, 10 days, days. 10 days asymptomatic. Yeah. So okay. that's why he put a tweet out that said Aaron has been asymptomatic. And everybody was like, no, I got tagged. By the way, it was another. Of course. No, he said it. He actually went through it. It was like, no, he'd been asymptomatic for a certain amount of days, which means he's no longer contagious, which is what I read into. But I was still scared to even go outside until I produced a negative test. I, I literally was like, I don't want to be anybody's reason for anything that happens mm-hmm. or whatever and i've already been locked down in isolation basically for nine days i'll wait for the the negative test even though i've felt incredible and then they say well if you have any uh symptoms it's like well what about my the congestion in my is that a symptom or is that a side effect and then where do you get into the you just i assume they have m- better testing to for find sure. out if they have it than i was to. getting have to it's a lot of gray area there is there's so much because yeah. we once again we don't know shit about fuck. Uh-huh. That's right. But if Roethlisberger's out, Chase Claypool's out, TJ Watt's out, Minka Fitzpatrick potentially out, Juju Smith-Schuster's been out, Tewitt's been out, Tyson Alualu's out. Two starting guards Joe are Hayden. out. Joe Hayden out. He's in a boot. Oh, Jeez. no. What's Mike Tomlin going to do? Shoot. Are they going to look like the Rams? Are they going to look like the Rams out oh, there? Are they going to lay an egg on primetime television? If Mason Rudolph is quarterback, for sure, yeah. Oh, no, 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 Apparently, fucking. On prime time. Oh, no, Apparently, Dewey didn't give a fuck about us dressing on Sunday either. Oh, no, knee. He was just on his phone, all warm ups, wasn't even warming up. Oh, no, I'm not giving you guys more shit. Oh, you. What? <laughs> oh, we're just saying, like, it's like the what now. Yeah. 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 Like, for yeah. 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 it is. And I don't even know why we're spending this much time on Steelers Chargers <laughs> on Sunday night, but that game last night honestly was insane, absurd, and I apologize for the super boost not hitting. And I would like people to have a little bit more, you know, look into it a little Everybody's linking together the risk-free same-game parlays Whoa. that are plus a thousand with the super boost. No, it's not different. Not I'm, taking lot, different. I'm taking a lot of heat on the streets <laughs> for never producing one. I have produced winners in the super boost. Yes, mm-hmm. go on the record. Those Many. people giving you heat are bullshit. And also, that was the best game the Niners have played all year by far. They right? lost the last four. They haven't won a home game. Correct. Since last year against the Rams, it's been eight straight at home. They stink or whatever. Yeah, no, it's just. Shanahan does uh, very well against McVay. Yeah. Five and zero in the last five, I believe. Shanny oh. Shanny owns McVay. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's something to remember, I guess. Huh? What's that all about? He's against like- the rest of the division, I think he was like eight and one against the Cards, like seven and three against Seattle, and then he was three and five against. This is uh, McVay. McVay against the Niners. Yeah. They look three terrible. And terrible. Six now. I mean, bad. they looked very, very bad. Matthew Stafford looked very bad last year. Yeah. yeah. Nothing was going. But. Who doesn't say they bounce back? Yeah. Get back in SoFi Stadium. The energy comes alive. They get back at home. They they get the uh, anti-monkey butt that Mike McCarthy yeah, gave yeah. to the Smart. Dallas Cowboys, and Odell. they get going. Today, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. How do you think this is going to go? What do you think is going to happen? At Boston, Connor, obviously, uh, you get to ride alongside this entire thing, and you become – one of the poster boys for mass holes, basically, I think, sure. for a lot of people that are, are oh, necessarily yeah. not familiar with Boston, Massachusetts people. Whenever you learn about Aaron mm-hmm. through these Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Oh, yeah. And I know, you, no bull. You're on Mac Jones, Team Mac Jones. Forever. Who? No bull. Always. <laughs> By the way, Tyron Matthew came out and said, a lot of y'all motherfuckers would uh, kind of 
clowning Mac Jones yeah. a little bit. Now you're all in on board. The dude's a baller. Tyron Matthew has no tie no, to no. Mac Jones. He knows. He's in the AFC. Mm-hmm. He went to Alabama. He didn't even go to LSU. Like, there is no tie. Tyron Matthew might be watching. Is he watching film and just being like, this motherfucker is <laughs> unbelievable. I'm not hurt. Such a-. But when you listen to Aaron, do you enjoy it? Do you wish he was your quarterback? Do you do you think to yourself, what is Aaron? Like, when we go into these conversations, what is your mindset as a non-Packer fan, as a mass hole? What is your thoughts on Tuesdays? Well, I just like to listen to people who are, you know, exponentially smarter than me. So it's very fun to hear someone like Aaron. I definitely don't wish he was my quarterback strictly because he is 37, you know, max 23. I'll uh, enjoy course. the next 20 years yeah. of my life uh, of as course. I watch football. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm excited to see how he felt about Sunday. I mean, 17 to nothing, the defense. This might be the best Packers team as a whole that, I mean, at least I've seen since A.J. freaking Hawk. Yeah, when 50 was flying around out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah headbutting people right in the face. Helmet to helmet tackling. What? Yeah, we play big boy football here in the what? NFC North. AJ Hawk from Ohio. What? Stevens A list. Yeah. I just seen it. Uh-huh. Packers number one team number one. in Is that right? Wow. And I, I think everybody, you know, we've been having this conversation for a while now about how, you know, the Cowboys are ranked ahead of them, the Cardinals are ranked ahead sure, of them. Right. And that first game against the Saints was. Bad. It's tough. A terrible first impression, yeah. mm-hmm. especially after the entire offseason it was. But I think everybody with a brain, no matter what their personal opinion is against Aaron Rodgers at this point, understands that, oh, when Aaron starts clicking on the offense side like he does and normally does, with the way this defense has been going here, they potentially can go. But it is week 10. Yeah. Yeah. Going into week 11. What will Joe Barry and what will the health-wise be? Because Whitney Merciless is out now for the rest of the season, they're yep. thinking. Mm-hmm. But then, Hey, great run. Hey, good run. Thank run you, with. dude. I'll remember it fondly. I really will. Yeah, you'll, th- you'll hear the name and you'll say, hey, man, that guy helped us out. Great Packer. That guy helped us out. He did. He, got, he just came over from where? Houston? Yeah. That. Yeah, just came yep. over from Houston mm-hmm. at the trade deadline, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And played three games, four games? Three games, I think, yeah. Got a couple pressures, helped the team. Yeah, a couple sacks. Had a shutout with it. I mean, it, great yeah. run, but now they're going to have to figure it out as people get healthy. How do they continue to grow? And I'm excited to hear Aaron's thoughts from playing and practicing against these guys. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what have you seen from the first couple weeks that is now? Because this defense looked terrible earlier in the season yeah it was a threat a liability it was something that could potentially take the packers out but now it seems to be a lot of people say hey, that's the strength of the team that's the strength of the team that defense and they have been there's no reason not to say that it's kind of like what we always talk about too like there are some years where you know like when you are a very opportunistic defense like if you're not getting turnovers in bunches or getting sacks and stuff like that it kind of sometimes shows up like they've They've had they've won the turnover battle big time, you know, for the last however many weeks. Like they're actually they're not necessarily getting a bunch of sacks, but they're getting a lot of pressure. And like you said, with the offense, like they still haven't really clicked completely yet. But like, guess hey. what? In a playoff game, like Rodgers is going to put up points. Let's so. talk about clicking yet or whatever on offense. And everybody says Aaron loses. He, he threw like 300 yards, I think. In a, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the converse, that whole narrative, if you actually look into it, is pretty much bullshit at this point. Mm-hmm. But like OBJ going to the Rams, the internet let their jokes fly. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Imagine if OBJ them. goes to the Packers, what happens, you know? But he goes over there. They lose. Stafford allegedly tries to force one. Oh, yeah. Force one to him. OBJ zigs. <laughs> Stafford thinks he's zagging. Sure. Obviously, it's a punt down inside the seven or the six or whatever. Uh, uh, but OBJ is now being crushed as a, a team killer. Yeah. That's real. That's happening on the internet. That's insane to me because he and Matthew Stafford didn't have the chemistry together or whatever. But building up that 
camaraderie and being able to be on the same page, that really takes time. Yeah. And the fact that Aaron, you know, was able to win against Arizona with guys he doesn't know and Devontae, mm -hmm. and as A.J. Dillon continues to grow, it is like that offense is only going to mature, probably. We assume. Yeah. That's what every team is hoping for. But it hit week 11, this is a long road still going here. Mm -hmm. You well, know, we got another two months until we get to the playoffs. Same deal. Like, he was rusty, and he missed a couple passes that, like, he never misses. You know, to Devontae running like a slant where it's like, okay, well, that's that's 25 yards right there. Like, he might yeah. take that to the house. It was like, you could just tell. Like, I mean, again, no matter how good he is, he missed 10 days worth of practice or whatever. Like, And what happened to his fucking toe? Well, huh. And like oh. you mentioned with, like, the respiratory and the hard stuff, like, I, I wonder, like, how strenuous of a game that was. Because, it, I mean, you know, it, like... It was three zero going into the fourth quarter. Like it was, it was a terrible football game. Yeah, big time. It was big a time. terrible football game. But I wonder, like how how especially with like the cold weather and everything. Like I'll be interested to hear how COVID actually affected him. All right, uh, we got Colleen Wolf joining us in a few minutes. But let's bounce around the NFL a little bit from uh, some of the storylines here. An interesting stat has made its way onto the internet. The Titans have twenty players on IR right now. 20. Jesus. Okay. And I don't know what the baseline is for normal, but they have 20 guys on IR, which is the most in the NFL. And they've dressed over 80 players this season, oh which is the most God. in the NFL. Uh, 260 man games lost due to injury first. Okay. 260. Oh, so that's if you count the games, those 20 players on IR have man games. Man games is a big hockey thing. That's like for every player. That's one game that's missed. Like for the 20 guys that missed last week, player, that's 20 man games. So yeah. right now, we're each having one man game. Yeah, yes. that's in right. In this show. Yeah. We're having a man show right now. Right. But if Ty was at and we were in and we finished the week he did, he would have four man shows. We would have five man shows. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. All right. Classic. No, Is NFL Reddit from Canada? Is that why they're doing hockey <laughs> talk? We might be. Could be. Hey, shout out. Who, hey, next hey, Paul, is that Gumpy running? Yeah. Is Gumpy oh. running the NFL Reddit Twitter? the Ravens have that one time? Didn't they have a shitload? This year. Early in the season. Early yeah. this season. Yeah, they had like five running backs. Remember, mm -hmm. the, that was – but now Tennessee is way up. Tennessee is the most injured team in the NFL, and yet they're the AFC number one seed. After playing the hardest strength of schedule, that shouldn't be possible. Is Vrabes the guy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Vrabes puts on the boxing gloves. He puts on the uh, the chest protector. Sure. Mm -hmm. He goes in there and battles with his team every single day. Smokes 75 cigarettes. Yep. Legend. Drinks 45 bottles of whiskey. Yeah. Why? And cans then, of chew. Boom. At one time, yeah. he's talking top shelf, bottom shelf, and he's got the side doors covered. Oh, yeah. And he's running sprints with the team, and he's saying, I don't care who's hurt, who's playing. Whenever you get on his field, we're winning fucking games. The teams they have beat with the strength of schedule conversation, oh, yeah. Bills, Chiefs, Colts twice. All right. Rams. Rams. Beat right. the shit out okay. of them. Okay, I mean, I, I understand what you just said. That was before Jonathan Taylor became the guy. True. Right? Yeah, come on. True. But you're right. Did beat a red-hot Colts team right <laughs> yeah. now. Beat the Rams. That team, is it sustainable? That is always, that's such a negative way to look at it. Mm -hmm. Such a negative way to look at it. I feel like an asshole even thinking it. But look at how many players they have hurt. In the NFL, people are going to get injured. This is yeah. just how it goes. That's why you see a lot of teams loading up in positions that whenever somebody gets hurt in a prime time or a big game or late in the season, they end up being fucked because they got to change their offense because they didn't have this weapon or that running back or this. They're loading up in different positions because one injury can completely kill your offense in the most important time. Times. Them just being able to cycle through, next man up, how you doing, keep it moving, and still win. Adrian Peterson is their running back, mm -hmm. but they completely changed their offense. 
after Derrick Henry got injured. Yeah. Although All Day is back there, and All Day is a stud, a legend, everything like that, and still a threat so Tannehill can do a play action, they've changed their offense. He's not 85% of the offense like Derrick Henry was. No, no. They've adjusted. They, all these different players, what's your strength? How can we do this? What can we make this better? How do we make a defense that has a guy who's coming in on a Thursday, yeah. buy in and be able to play on a Sunday for the number one team in the AFC? I think that should be applauded with old Vrabes down yeah, Julio going on IR. Like you just mentioned, random guys stepping up. We were watching the game in number 88. 88. Marcus Johnson. Yeah, never heard of this guy, and he's making plays all over the field. And the other backup running back, Deontay Foreman. Foreman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were on uh, we were on a spaces on uh-huh. Twitter. It was supposed to be a halftime spaces, and then that rolled into third quarter or whatever. And 88 scored a touchdown or something like that. Yeah. And I, I even said, because he was on a TV that was like right here. So there was a couple times where I saw 88 flashing across the screen. I'm like, who the fuck is an 88? And then I started watching. This guy was making plays. And it's like the evaluation of who you let on your team, who you bring in, how you get them to understand the offense. Tannehill dealing with everything on the offensive side. That defensive side completely flipping it around. I mean, what a fucking coaching job over there in Tennessee. I feel like a lot of times, too, like people say, you know, how like a team needs to embody like a coach's personality. And a lot of times that's bullshit and it just never happens. Like you can legitimately see it with the Titans. It's like, oh, okay, these guys are like you can tell Vrabel is the one who's leading this team. And by the way. This isn't the first year this has happened, but right. this is the most mature this team has been. Remember last year when they do see Dode on the Ravens logo? Oh, yeah. Vrabel said, just coach your guys yeah. mm-hmm. to hardball. Mm-hmm. If your guys got a problem with it, tell them to come fight them. If not, just fuck off. How about that? And I love that instead of our, our Vrabel going, I'm sorry our guys did that. Vrabel was like, uh, we'll, we'll deal with this later. And then the Ravens, obviously, they did it right on them. And I think Vrabel probably appreciated that. I think that's why you know having a player like Vrabel get into coaching is so magical. I don't know if it's a normal thing. I think he might be an anomaly. Everybody's like, let's find a Vrabel, find another Vrabel. I don't know how easy that's going to be. No. What a run by them. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. Should <laughs> That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's oh, right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Dave Occup- <laughs> Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? 
the shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. F- free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to getroman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Conversation we're about to have is with a man who's the reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the league. And there is a lot to behold in the mind of this man because there is so many question marks about the hows, the whys, the wheres, and what we should be looking forward to next. Joining us now, a man who just beat the Seattle Seahawks 17 zip in his return post-COVID the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! What's up, dude? Howdy, boys. Let's talk about the shirt real quick before we get into anything. I always uh, love your shirt choices and potentially put me in the middle of an absolute, uh, you know, Star Wars situation. But what is this shirt here? What do we got going on? What's cooking here? You know, I thought about rocking uh, my power lift shirt just because I love giving shout-outs to power lift. <laughs> And during COVID, I was so thankful to have my rack at the house to be able to work out. Yeah, so, hell yeah. yeah. Shout out to Power Lift and Iron Grip Dumbbells. But this is a, this is a shirt to one of my favorite bands called Sleeping at Last. Oh, I love them. Fantastic uh, artist, does it all. Um, got a lot of music about uh, planets, oh. name stuff. So I love the cosmos. and. Um, thought I'd rep some sleeping in last gear today. Uh, I, I love that you do. I love them, by the way. And oh, the yeah. fact that they are the universe. And that song, Saturn, just... Mm-hmm. I mean, whenever I hear them, you know, sing about it, I'm like, wow, this is fucking awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm like, Saturn is is so good. But n- nobody wants to hear, though, about, you know, song Saturn or two <laughs> or this incredible band here. So let's move along. And, and I don't know if I'm the proper person to be interviewing you about that incredible band who <laughs> clearly has just two songs that Zito could find on the internet <laughs> in my ear. Uh, Aaron, and there's a one Saturn, song. Is, Saturn is a great one. It's probably my favorite by them. So good pull there, Zito. Attaboy, Z. Attaboy, Z. Thank you Thanks, for making guys. me look smart. Um, can we ask a couple questions about this past weekend against Seattle? The answer is yes. We appreciate you for your time. The toe injury. What happened with the toe? Was that at the house while you are by yourself? And how did you test the heart in the cardio to know that you should play on Sunday? Yeah, that was a COVID injury. Um, but as far as the heart, I just had to get back into working out just to see how I was feeling. And uh, day five and six, I had a couple good workouts. Um, and I felt good afterwards, so I wasn't worried about my wind or heart or any of those issues and got checked out, obviously, before I got totally cleared. So, uh, so I felt, uh, felt really good. Shout out to, uh, the hydro as well. Um, I know you're a big rower. Let's say you get those big arms and traps, right? Yeah, so, and this back here. You know what I mean? Yeah, and this back. Yeah, yeah. I to do, uh, some rowing workouts was important. Okay, so what happened to the fucking toe, though? Like, that, that came out of nowhere. The internet was letting a lot of jokes fly. Is that anything to be worried about, or is that just something that kind of popped up out of nowhere? It's a little painful, but uh, I think I'll be okay. I was able to run around a little bit on uh, on Sunday. So so what were you – I mean, I've read somewhere where you and uh, Rogan were smoking DMT over a virtual <laughs> session, and you jammed your toe on something in your house. Is there any truth to that? I read that report as well. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so the toe is nothing to worry about going forward, and obviously you were able to play, but it did come out of a quarantine session, so I guess we will just continue to wonder on how that potentially happened. Were you getting out of bed? You stumble, you hit your toe like many of us have, or are you running sprints through the kitchen and, and maybe all of a sudden a stool gets you? Th th these questions are just going to continue to linger as soon as I hurt. By doing a two-minute drill in the backyard. Oh, okay. Is that what happened? Possibly. You never know. Was, was I working you, in the greenhouse? I don't know. Oh, was it when you broke the huddle all by yourself? And yep. When oh. you stood up, you hyperextended it when you were doing the, the two-minute <laughs> drill against nobody? Is that what happened? No, I can confirm it was not that. Okay. Not, not, not a rising from a knee, no. All right, let's talk about the game once you got in there. Happy to hear the toe's okay, and I can't wait to hear – the incredible reasons on how you got hurt that the internet will continue to create alongside the DMT sesh that potentially happened between you and Dr. Joe Rogan. But when you get back into the game and you start playing, did you feel any, you know, rust not being around for 10 days, getting dropped in on a Saturday? We know you were Zooming and you were kind of voice of Godding in situations, but did you feel any rust? Did uh, Seattle do anything you didn't expect? Or how do you feel like the start of that game go? And did you ever get feel back to your normal self? I felt good from the start. I think that uh, their defense uh, wasn't the typical Seattle that we've seen over the years as far as coverage-wise. You know, over the years, playing against Legion of Boom, it was basically one coverage for the most part. Then they mixed in some man here and there and occasionally a little bit of two high, but it was it was mostly the one high, uh, three buzz coverage that they played, and they just played it so well. I mean, they were so incredibly um, disciplined in their drops and their responsibilities. It was hard to do anything against them. Uh this defense played some jam front, which was, which was, uh, uh, you know, the, the old Seattle defense didn't play a lot of jam front, and they played a lot of two shell behind it, um, basically saying we're going to stop you with the jam front uh, from running the football, and we're going to play some two shell on the back end. I thought it was, you know, uh, you know, well executed by uh, by Ken and his defense. I thought they played well. We were just a little bit off, I and mean, we had some opportunities. We had a, you know, I had a run early in the first quarter. Uh, to get his first down, uh, kind of deep in the in the red zone, and there's kind of a phantom holding call on Elton uh, that brought us back and put us behind the sticks. And obviously, I threw a pick in the end zone, which took uh, took three points off the board. Uh, so we just a little bit off, but we had a couple good drives there in the third and fourth quarter to put the game away. And obviously, our defense plan just unbelievable. It kept us in the game and kept them obviously scoreless and. Um, but we were behind, you know, it was a weird game with the possession. We had almost 40 minutes of possession, but a lot of it was because, you know, we started multiple drives inside the 20. Their punter was doing a really nice job, and, and uh, you know, we had, uh, we had a lot of long fields to go, to go down and couldn't put together drives and ended up in the end zone until the fourth quarter. Shout out Michael Dixon. Shout out. Yeah. Hell of a game for him. But wait, what was your Saturday schedule like? Like, do you get in extra early? Like, how, do you have to cram? Like, what was that whole situation like getting back with the team? No, not really cram. I just had to get uh, get cleared from the doctors and and go through uh, a workout in front of them, and then I just went right to meetings and, and our normal Saturday walkthrough. And Matt had asked if I wanted to do anything extra. I just felt like I think there's there's a lot to the routine, and I didn't want to mess up everybody's routine just because I was back and hadn't had a chance to practice. So. Uh, we threw in maybe a couple extra plays during that walkthrough period that I had circled during the week that I wanted to just be able to call out and see, even in a, a slow walkthrough setting, just kind of see the distribution of the guys. And um, so he uh, he allowed uh, you know a few extra plays in that walkthrough period, but but it was a very very typical Saturday other than that. Okay, and 
I mean, that was a soccer game through three quarters. I mean, it was three nothing there, and, and that's not a shot at the beautiful game. It was just like it was a cagey affair, as our oh, yeah. Canadian friend Gumpy, who's maybe the greatest soccer handicapper on earth, would call it. And I think it's because of something you alluded to there. Your defense is absurd. What has it been? And granted, you had to miss ten days because Uncle COVID came knocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're happy you're alive, by the way, and able to play afterwards. And it seemed like not a lot of people really cared about how your health or condition was. We're excited to hear that you're okay and you had no lasting effects. Hopefully, although we don't know shit about fucking this entire thing, we, who knows in that. But have you seen the defense grow through the season? Because there were some times early in the year where I think not just uh, fans, but I felt like media, everybody, this Joe, Bar- Joe Barry has stunk since forever. How is this the answer? And then all of a sudden, this team is stacking up Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. I mean, have you seen the growth in the defense? And there's a couple weapons coming back. What do you think it is? Why do you think they are clicking so well right now? Well, they're playing, they're playing great top to bottom. I think the front's doing a nice job against the run. Much like Seattle, and, and you've seen the trend across the league, defenses would love to be able to play two shell and stop the run. And, and, and the teams that can do that are having the most success on, on defense. And, and just like this league is so cyclical, uh, when the running back position a few years ago started to become a little more obsolete to some people in some people's eyes and you had less people, I mean, even still less people rushed for 1,000 yards, more two-back systems uh, when the league was, was going to predominantly one-high defenses, now it's shifted back, and now there's more two-eye defenses. The onus in the run game is as high as it's been in a while, and, mm-hmm. and you, have to, you have to be able to run the ball. And if you can't run the ball, then teams are just going to sit back in there, and they're too high. And our defense has done a nice job of mixing up coverages, but, but playing too high to be able to stop the pass and stop on the run with a light box. And it's a credit to the interior defense alignments, to credit to the outside backers setting the edge, credit to our inside backers, um, you know, we've all, I think, played really well. Everybody from Chris Barnes to Warren Burks to obviously the unsung hero of the defense, uh, Devondre Campbell, who's had a fantastic season. You know, he's been all over the place, tackling machine, uh, disrupting passing lanes, um, being a great leader in the locker room. He's been as big of a reason, I think, as, as just about anybody. But the back end has played really solid. To lose a top corner in the league in Jair and lose Kevin for a number of, uh, of weeks and to have – uh, young Stokes, you know, be so consistent as a rookie for us with Sewell Douglas to come in off the street and play so well for us. Um, that's been the greatest thing. And, and I think Adrian and Darnell, our safeties, you know, have really done a nice job too. And then you add in uh, the way that Sully has played in the slot for us and Henry Black when he's been in there. You know, we've had contributions from a lot of different guys on the back end, and they've all, I feel like, been covering really well and playing consistent and then tackling. The tackling, I think, has been has been what was allowed us to, to stop people and get off the field. Hey, when you look around in the league, and I know you probably don't study games if you're not playing the teams, but what do you think it is with all this inconsistency with teams? Like the Rams getting blown out last night by the Niners. Yeah, Niners look great, but we expected the Rams to eventually get it going. And you look around, you see the Bucks just lost again. Like, why is it so tough to win week in and week out and actually be consistent? Well, it's the league. I mean, that's what they want. It's parity. There's a lot of parity in the league. I think anybody could beat uh, anybody. There's obviously other issues, you know, uh, injuries uh, and uh, and COVID stuff at various times. It's forced teams. You look at Pittsburgh losing, uh, you know, losing Ben to uh, to COVID and Mason stepping in and them having a back and forth game that goes to overtime and overtime is ten minutes now and they end up in a tie. Um, you know, and, and obviously, uh, you know, Washington playing, uh, playing Tampa tough, and you saw it last night. 
Um, anybody can beat anybody, truly. And, and I think the league is, is very wide open. Uh, you had, um, you know, Jacksonville had a big upset a couple weeks Buffalo. ago. Buffalo, yeah. Uh, it was surprising to a lot of people. Um, some teams match up better against other teams, I think, just based on pure schematics. Um, and then, you know, there's always, uh, I think, uh, things that can crop up, uh, you know, complacency or maybe a, a lack of focus or maybe team just gets hot in a day and a quarterback gets hot or a defense gets hot and schematically things match up and, and you're able to stop somebody. And that's that's kind of league we're in. I mean, Shanahan, I, I saw last night in San Fran, they've beaten the Rams like a few in a row now, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. He is McVay's kryptonite, it seems like, Shanahan. And again, they're not calling the game against each other. Shanahan's calling it against defense and McVay's calling it against <laughs> no, no. You know, defense, but but they've you know they found a way to, to to get it done. That's just the league we're in right now. There's a lot of parity. I look at I mean, you know when we started the season, it looked like the NFC was the far superior conference. I mean, there's like four or five teams undefeated or had only one loss, and AFC everybody had at least one loss, if not two losses. And now you look at it, and I looked at it before this week. I think it was 11 teams in the AFC had a winning record, and only six in the 11 in the AFC, 6 in the NFC. Um, you know, so the, the kind of the, the depth of the AFC is, is kind of proven itself, and the NFC is kind of separating a little bit more than, than the AFC. And I guess, and by the way, you understanding and knowing all that is awesome. I just I assume that you wouldn't be able to pay attention to the grand scheme of things, but, I mean, you have a massive brain, obviously. That is <laughs> something that is uh, pretty relevant and evident whenever you stop by here. But let's go back to inconsistencies. After that first game against the Saints, and now you guys are number one, by the way, I think, on yeah. uh, a lot of different power rankings. Mm-hmm. The Packers, number one team in the NFL. On- <laughs> hey, congrats. Hey, congrats, dude. It wasn't like that all the time. You guys are getting dumped on and dunked on a lot of the season. But now I think people are appreciating and respecting the run you're on. What do you think it has been since that first game? Was it just first game? Everything was just kind of out of whack? Or what do you think it is about this team? And you guys got a lot of weeks left now. We're, we're, we're right in the middle of it. There is no light at the end of the tunnel yet. How do you continue to maintain that? And what do you think it has been the change since week one? Well, I think piggybacking off of what I just said, sometimes – schematically things line up perfectly in a game where their offense might schematically have certain plays that line up perfect against the defensive call and vice versa. We might have things that we really like during the week and for whatever reason they mix something up or they hit on a specific call uh, that aligns uh, perfectly to defend what we're trying to do on offense on that play and things happen and it happens in the reverse sometimes you know you make you might make a great call you think and and there's a bust in coverage or a misalignment or something that leaves the guy wide open and, and it leads to you know big plays because big plays are what the game is all about and Hell yeah. week one we just you know we didn't execute very well uh they you know we're not even playing at home we we're playing on a neutral site uh and you know we just had a, a clunker of a game Nothing that we dialed up kind of aligned, and we didn't execute very well. And a lot of stuff that they dialed up, you know, they had a third and nine screen that went for – or fourth and fourth and eight screen that went for 20 yards, you know, for a first down. Just things like that happen. And um, since then, I think we've obviously played a lot better football. I think so, too. And I know AJ has another question, but I have to follow up with this because after the offseason with all the drama around you in your life and every decision you make and the conversation and the, the uh, accruing of information – that was dropped on draft day and everything that happened, we all assumed scorched earth Aaron Rodgers 
is about to absolutely buzzsaw people. Then the first week happens, it's ugly, uh, the people are getting real loud about you, maybe not having it anymore, not mm -hmm. worth it. Remember, th these are the things that actually happened, and then obviously since then you've had success. After what happened during the COVID thing, why do you think that that is a, a natural reaction for all of us that are kind of fans of yours to be like, oh, okay, a guy now has another chip on his shoulder, all this. Is there anything to that, you think? And do you recognize that as being a real thing in your world? Well, I think you're based that off of patterns that have happened. So it's not conjecture or <laughs> make-believe. There's been things that have happened and things that have, that have been said. And then the way that I've responded uh, either immediately or uh, through the course of the season has kind of put a lot of that stuff to bed. You know, I think in 2016 when there were a couple of hit pieces out on me, we were four and six, and I said we're going to run the table, and what happened? We won eight straight and went to the NFC Championship game. So, there's, you know, uh, we were one and two, and I said everybody needs to relax a little bit. Things are kind of going nuts, and we finished the season, you know, 11 and two or 12 and one or something that year. So, you know, uh, I think there's a history of it, so... I'm not surprised by that, but there's also, a, you know, a, a trend of overreaction that happens um, every Monday. You guys do a segment, I think, don't you? It's yeah. a whole show, yeah. Three and a half hours. Three and a half hours, Aaron. Yeah, three and a half hours. We, we, we feed that fire, but do you just write it all down on, like, the mirror? Is that how you stubbed your toe? Were you writing down all the things that everybody was saying about you and you want to climb up on the, the mirror a little higher? Oh, toe off the wall. Is that what happened? That's basically what happened, yeah. I was, I had, I had my... My, my Rocky Balboa room where I got my pictures and enemies <laughs> on the wall and, and all the writings and I you know grab them after I you know take one of them down and toss it to the side. It's nice. I thought so. We all thought so. Yeah. By yeah. that is exactly what we thought happened. It's nice to hear you're relatable. You know what I mean, AJ? Go ahead. Yeah, it's good to know. But hey, with the 17 game season, I talked to Pat earlier. I, I've seen some people try to say players may be pacing themselves or whatever. They can't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel. Do you ever feel that with anybody? Is like your day-to-day -day change or anyone's mindset change with the 17-game season? And also, what are the chances that you're going to be playing in Green Bay next year? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good journalism. It's a two for I uh, yeah, thank you for that two for that. I find it hard to to imagine anybody's pacing themselves. We're talking about one more game you know we've played 16 games for so many years in a row now one extra game you're talking about you know a, a 6.25 percent increase in playing like i don't think anybody's actually really pacing themselves uh with the extra game now um did he just do that wow did you just do that math in your head right there or do you have the uh are you one of those guys like oh let me get the one 42 sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah they have this cover two defense right now i've seen this 40 is that you is that real that's real yeah all right yeah. seven uh, times two dude i've got some good mental math tricks i can do another time another time let's another time another show another <laughs> show uh let's go another, another show uh age no comment Oh, Whoa. shit! Hey, that's, they're going to have to bleep me out of a lot of... That's, good. that's a good thing. My reaction out. I just wanted to no comment you, Ace. I just, I, that's fun for me. Now that you're a media person, you're a big media guy. Isn't that the first thing they tell you, though, when they sit you down your rookie year? Don't say no comment. That's what they told us. Yeah, I wasn't part of that conversation. But you, are, you are a rebel, though, so you can say Oh, a maverick. Here we go. Maverick, there you go. Uh, you guys didn't get introduced. That was a change because I thought the offense was getting introed. Is that a big deal or not at all? Do you do you do you look into that? Should we look into that? 
I love the intros. Um, I'm not sure who picks who's introed each week, but I'm hoping uh, two weeks it's the offense. Especially after, hey, after one COVID game, we're back mm-hmm. in there. We're slinging the pillow around. All of a sudden, the cheesehead god is – oh, my God, that place will be – it was cold as shit, huh? I saw the long johns you had, and you told us a couple weeks ago, you know, that when the leaves start to turn and the weather starts to get a little bit chilly, you get a twinkle in your eye because that's football season. Is it, Did you have the first taste of that this past weekend? And not a lot of people wearing long sleeves. You're not normally like a, I'm wearing long sleeves when it's kind of cold type of guy. Did you regret the long johns? throughout the game or did you think it was accurately worn no i have a stri- I have some strict policies when it's under 50 i wear long sleeves so the last home game it was right at 50 i asked j-lo before the game because he always goes out and he comes back in and tells me like is it cold out there is it windy or whatever you know and he came back in he said yeah, it's not that bad i said what's the temperature he said i think it's 50 i was like <laughs> okay, short short sleeves it is but this was i think the temperature was 36 we had some snow flurries we woke up to a winter wonderland outside. It was snow everywhere, and the leaves were off the trees, basically. Um, but it wasn't that cold. I mean, when it gets below 20, that's real cold. Um, and you'll know if it feels cold to me if I'm wearing my, my turtleneck. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I wasn't wearing that. And, and you know it's on when that thing is, when that thing is on. But I wasn't, I wasn't wearing it. So it, was, it wasn't that, uh, that cold. We've talked about this, I think, last year, but... Forgive me for probably forgetting this, and it is a shame because this is something I should know. Is it just because you have massive ham hocks? Is that why the cold weather doesn't affect you at all? It seems like the offense doesn't change. There is, I mean, there is a couple misses, I guess, this weekend, but everybody's going to miss every once in a while. It doesn't seem to affect you ever. It is almost like you are a cold weather quarterback. What is it? I know you've told us in the past, but I I don't think I – is it just your massive hands that make you better than everybody else? That definitely helps. That definitely helps. You got to have big hands to throw in the cold. Um, the biggest deterrent, though, is is to throwing is first rain, and second wind. Yeah. And we usually get a good bit of wind, uh, regardless of the time of year. And that's always the biggest deterrent. Snowfall is not a problem. Cold is not a problem. Um, but it's the wind. And we had the wind was really swirling uh, Sunday. Um, I. You know, every now and then I'll, I'll throw some grass up, uh, like a like yourself, like a golfer will do, to try and get the direction of the wind. And I did it like five or six times because you can never trust the flags, Lambo, because usually they blow opposite. So if the, if they're blowing from the north, usually the wind is coming out of the south on the field. Um, and because of the temperature, as I drove in, I could tell it was a north wind. So that would tell you that it usually is going to blow from. Uh, our tunnel really in more of a kind of a southwesterly uh, direction uh, on the field, but of course. in the game, in the game, it was blowing kind of all over the place. So you know, there were times where I felt like I was downwind. Uh, I threw a ball to Allen. I thought I was downwind and turned in. I was dead into the wind, and the ball wasn't a great tight spiral and got held up and, and turned out to be a, you know a PBU where it could have been a big time play. So. There were a few disappointments like that, but that's just playing the Lambo sometimes. It's actually way better than it used to be. When I'm, my first year started in 08, before the addition of some of the boxes with um, with one of their uh, um, uh, sales of uh, um, what are they? They're selling uh, stock. Uh, stock. are doing again right now. Yeah. Yeah, Ninety million is about to be raised right now mm-hmm. by no ownership. Yeah. 
But it was a lot worse in 2008. I mean, you never knew when the wind, which way the wind was blowing. With the, when they raised up the stadium and had the extra boxes, it actually protects and got the big jumbotrons. It protects the wind a little bit more on both sides. But it's chilly as hell out there. I mean, it's a frozen tundra. It's uh, something that literal stories are told about, and it seems to not affect you. You're like 82, 19 and one, or 85, 19 and one at home, and you're going to start your 200th career game coming up this weekend. Uh, the the Packers passed the Chicago Bears for the most home victories in a franchise history of 451. Oh, yeah. You've obviously both have been a massive part of that. Uh, it's incredible the way you've been able to handle the elements in your entire career. Last question before Ty has one, and Ty, hey, you know Ty, accepted the Harvard big brain uh, Packers owner. I don't know how he feels about the dilution of his stock. <laughs> that just I don't know if Not you even get asked or signed Not off great. on that entire thing. But uh, the Odell Beckham Jr. thing. He was allegedly potentially coming to the Packers. He liked the Packers. Then there was McVay got on the phone, recruited him to the Rams, and everybody's judging that decision off of one night just a few days after the acquisition there. And we saw photos of you and OBJ uh, at different events and being friends, and obviously you two would get along, I assume, pretty similar like-minded humans. How much did you feel you should be a part of that? Were you a part of that? And did you ever feel like OBJ was going to be a Packer? Well, we've been friends for a long time and, and kept in touch and uh, met him, you know, at some events and, and just, you know, sent encouraging messages, uh, you know, during the seasons over the years. And, um, you know, when when he became free, uh, there was definitely conversations. Um, and I was, you know, in the conversation with him directly. I mean, I obviously have been friends with him, so I didn't need to, you know, get you know, put on the phone by anybody else. I could just get a hold of them directly. But, but there were conversations with the organization as well, and, and I appreciated the fact that we were uh, in the mix. Um, it just comes down to fit, ultimately, and, and what the best fit is for him. And we had some real good, honest conversations, and, and I'm excited for him in, in L.A. I thought that there was, there was definitely some things that lined up, uh, you know, him coming to Green Bay. But ultimately, he took time to decide uh, where he wanted to be and, and, uh, and turned out to be L.A. So uh I wouldn't... And again, you know, uh, I wouldn't judge uh, one performance. You know, he he obviously had some plays that he felt good about, um, but he wasn't playing, you know, most of the fourth quarter when they were in no huddle stuff. So obviously he has some ways to go learn the offense. And, I, you know, it's a similar offense that, that we run. It's not one you, I feel like you can really jump in at certain positions and just know it right away. There's there's four or five teams that run it, but it's not all over the league, and it, it has different terminology and signals and and splits and alignments. So I would definitely reserve judgment on uh, on right now for uh, OBJ. I think he's got a lot of really productive years left in his career. What about Stafford? People are calling in, I mean, this is obviously not your words, but <laughs> people are using this as a shot at him. They're saying he's Matthew Gofford all of a sudden oh, whenever no. he gets to LA and he's lost. People are saying he can't throw anymore. He stinks. They need to bench him. That's, that is kind of what your point is about everything, though, I guess. Those are trash comments. I mean, I'm a huge Stafford fan. I have been for a long time. We played against him so many years. One of the most gifted throwers of the football, uh, definitely in my generation. And, and I put him up there, you know, with some of the most gifted guys that ever throw the football. Um, you know, I'm a fan. He's, he's a tough dude. He's played through some crazy injuries. I mean, he played in Detroit all those years. You got to be a base level of uh, mental fortitude already. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm a yeah, I'm a big fan, and he's had a nice, a really nice season. I mean, they're seven and three. Um, he's he's played really well. First year in the system, so I'm not here for any Matthew Stafford trash. Slander, now. yeah, not us neither. 
Aaron Hayer here, pal. Go ahead, Ty. Aaron, glad you're healthy. It was nice seeing you back on the field. Uh, a lot of people were talking about Jamal Adams getting the pick and then mocking you doing the belt. Uh, and we all know anytime someone does that, you guys ultimately end up just kicking their ass. Is that something you do like before the game? Do you tell guys like, hey, if you if you pick me off like and do the belt, I'll throw a football through your chest? Or is it one of those things where it's just like, you know, because you throw so few of them that shit like that's going to happen and it's just kind of like whatever? I didn't see him do it, but there hasn't been a lot of positive things that have come <laughs> from guys doing it over the years. I mean, I think the you know the boys can put together some some mock-ups of those some of those things, but there hasn't been a lot of positives that come away from guys guys mocking the belt over the years. That was a gift that I told him later in the game, an absolute early Christmas present. <laughs> uh, you know, on that one. A bad decision, uh, and obviously didn't throw it anywhere where I <laughs> near where I wanted to throw it. So, um, look, you know, there's been guys who've made some good picks over the years, uh, like good playing the ball or baiting me, or you know, it hasn't been a, a ton of guys, but but those I, I really you know respect. And most of those guys, you know, I tell them after the game or during the game, hey man, great play, you know, like I, I, I respect for that, um, and I respect Jamal. I mean, he's a hell of a player. But that wasn't necessarily the most difficult one. I kind of threw it right to him. <laughs> so you have a <laughs> hey, listen, Jamal. If you're going to do the belt, please at least make it on a play that I didn't just give it to you. All right, at least at least earn that thing. But that is going on the mantle. This was a pickoff of Aaron Rodgers. There's some ratio was shown on the screen about uh, touchdowns to interceptions. I think, and you have the highest at 4.7 or something like. I forget what it is in history. Why is that? Has it just been ingrained in your body not to turn? The ball is the program. Or do you think it's because your accuracy, or what do you think it is that there are some guys that just are turnover parties, and for whatever reason throughout your entire very long career, you have not been at all? Well, I think a lot of it is just the mindset. Um, a lot of it is scars, too. You know, when I was a young player coming up the ranks in high school and, and junior college and at Cal, it was kind of understood. You know, I was in quarterback competitions, and you take care of the football, you're going to keep playing. You turn the ball over, you're going to be sitting on the sidelines watching. So uh, that was always kind of ingrained in me. The other part is the more accurate you are, the, the more the less opportunities you have for some of those, um, you know, ones that uh, that uh, get away. You know, I think decision making is all about the highest percentage possibility of a positive play oh. occurring throw, and that goes into my mindset. That goes into my preparation. That goes into the pre-snap and the and the walk to the line of scrimmage and the at-the-snap reads. Um, and then, obviously, the post-snap is all about uh, the proper read and the, and the proper delivery of the football. Now, there's things that are out of your control, you know, drops, uh, deflections, guys falling down. Um, but the ones you can help based on ball placement and accuracy, um, I think that's allowed me to, to limit those over the years. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds good in theory, but every coach tells the quarterback, hey, we can't turn the ball over, we can't throw interceptions, like – what do you think you can do? You do that separates you because everyone's trying to not throw picks. Is it your preparation? Is it your in game? Like how everything slows down? Like what do you think it could be? And can he turn it off? You know, or some, <laughs> can he turn that off? You think some guys can they turn it off? I mean, I think there's different points where you get more aggressive for sure. I mean, in tight games in two minute in the fourth quarter, uh, you might, uh, you know, a lower percentage. Uh, um, you know, situation, you might try and fit a ball in certain spots where early in the game, you might just check it down and move on down the road. If you need a chunk play at certain times, you might try and throw one up. Uh, and in various points during the game, you might be having a great game and 
it'd be in the fourth quarter and you might try and throw a you know 30 70 ball or a 10 90 ball um and it turned out good i saw pat do it the other night on Sunday football you know he got outside the pocket and threw it up to a uh, running back guy made a great catch in the end zone for i think his fifth touchdown that sometimes you get in that mo- ro- uh, mindset where you're like hey it's my night tonight nothing's gonna go wrong i can i can put the ball just about anywhere i want and something good's gonna happen it's gonna either be a catch or or an incompletion so it just depends on the mindset in the, in the moment but i think for the most part when you're locked in you're throwing high percentage uh, throws and even tight window stuff can can be high percentage of your mind based on the leverage and the, the defender's uh, position and who you're throwing to a lot of times too. Hey, what point do you think you find out that you're in it? Like you can control? Is it in the game? Is it in warmups? Oh, you know what? It feels like this ball is going to go wherever the fuck I want it to go. <laughs> is that in the game and warmups? Do you go into it? Do you start feeling that you're kind of in it? It's like, all right, let's start going. And do you let LaFleur know? Does LaFleur naturally know? Do you Have you looked into deeper into that zone that you feel like I'm completing every single ball today? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a long answer to that. I'll give you maybe a medium answer. Um, Take a medium for Sometimes... <laughs> So, not media. I'll give you a medium answer, medium length answer. Uh, uh, medium fry. Yeah, I'll take a medium fry and a sprite, please. Yeah, thank you. I could get a supersized version. I assume it's way over my head, though. Thank you, Aaron. Okay. <laughs> You're a big Sonic guy, aren't you? Or you Chick Fil A? Oh, I do fuck with some Chick Fil A. Mm. I spicy chicken. Oh. oh, I need to be more healthy though. But that could be a supersized answer or a medium answer. We don't need to get to that now. The zone we should get back to, though, because we're watching Tom's man in the arena tonight. And I, I enjoy, like, learning why people that are at a different level than everybody else are at a different level than everybody else. Like, and you are obviously one of those dudes. There's not a lot of you guys out there, which is pretty sweet. And I just wonder, like, do you know you're in a zone? And when is is it going into the game? Is it while it's happening? Do you make one throw? And you're like, holy shit, okay, here we go. Maybe tonight's a little different. Yeah, sometimes that's the case. I mean, sometimes you, you maybe you're not feeling it pregame, and, and the ball doesn't feel great coming off, and you make a couple throws early on. And you go, "Whoa, okay, I'm I'm in it now. I'm, th- this thing is is really jumping off your hand, or it's right where you want to put it every time." Sometimes it's during the week of practice, you have the, some of those special weeks. You're like, "Man, this has been a great week. Everything is coming together. My footwork's tying with my the routes, and the ball's coming off good, and I'm using good eye discipline, and everything's just kind of in in, in a line." Sometimes it's moments in a game. They can last the whole game. Sometimes it's just little stretches where you really feel like you're dialed in. But the key is is that flow state. You know, the flow state that's talked about so much. Uh, you know, with the mindset and the ability to stay in the moment and and, uh, and have things. You know, be slow all around you and be able to uh, uh, you know think very quickly and and make a bunch of deducting deductions in a short amount of time. Be here now, exactly. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it could be during the week, sometimes on game day. Sometimes you feel incredible during the week and you get out there and you can't, you know, you can't put the ball anywhere you want it. But uh, most of the time it's, uh, it's close to that flow state, I'd say. Tom Diggs has a question for you. Aaron, obviously you played fine with the toe injury, but Russ, it was reported that he rehabbed 28 hours a day on yeah. his finger injury. Did you happen to get a chance to ask him how that's possible and potentially what you could do to fix your toe? And did you do the same with COVID? I didn't get a chance to ask him about that, but he definitely came back from uh, from that uh, quickly. Uh, I've had a couple finger injuries over the years, and it's it definitely makes throwing the ball tougher. It makes throwing the ball in the cold a lot tougher. Um, so I definitely uh, definitely knew that was going to be uh, uh, you know a grind for him getting through that game, thirty six degrees with the finger and, and, and the cold. 
right. Well, uh, before we get to the book club, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask. You chopped the top off. Huh? Then you took you took it off. You cut the hair? You got a haircut right now? Do we have a new haircut right now? No, man. I still got the flow. Oh, you got it up there in like the, uh, up in the toboggan up there. No, it's just, it's down here. Oh! It's not going anywhere, man. Oh, really? We're keeping that going in the flow state. We're going to keep that thing rolling? Yeah, that's what Ram Dass says, man. Just don't <laughs> cut your hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I didn't even know Ram Dass existed. Rest in peace to Ram Dass Rest and Sun Tzu. But now it is time for my favorite moment in the history of books. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the 11th installment of the book club that has captivated the globe. Drum roll, please. Ladies and gentlemen, first there was The Alchemist, then there was a bunch of books about really good stuff. Then The Power of Now, which makes you focus on the time that is now, and maybe enjoying the universe that is right now, and then The Outliers. Why are the greats the great? And then last week it was The Daily Stoic, and although I've only been able to read seven pages of that 365, maybe leap year, 366-page uh, book, I can't wait to find out what is installment number 11. Of the Aaron Rodgers book club. I'm going to tone this seat down and see if we can see this good. Fingerprints of the gods. Can you see that? Oh, Graham Hancock. Of course. Of course. Graham Hancock. Archaeologist. Fascinating human being. He tracked down the Ark of the Covenant. Um, but this is uh, an amazing book. Anybody who loves history, um, uh, Learning about lost civilizations, Egypt, aliens. But I'm a big Graham Hancock fan. I uh, I heard about him uh, on the JRE, uh, Dr. Joe Rogan, <laughs> his podcast, uh, Joe Rogan Experience, and I've seen all of his episodes, and he's a fascinating guy. I mean, he's been all over the world. Um, doing research, he's like a modern day Indiana Jones. Uh, but anybody loves history and and kind of maybe rewriting some of uh, what we learned growing up based on his incredible research and uh, decades and decades of studying uh, lost civilizations and the history of civilizations. It's a phenomenal book. It's a really long one, Pat. So uh, whoever the best reader uh, of the boys is, it might be a little bit, but. Uh, Big Graham Hancock fan. Hey, who and, built the pyramids, though? Um, Rick Ross has an answer in a rap song that is very. What did What did Rose say? It was just, it was just them. They built it. Everybody wants to give credit to the aliens and everything else, and there's no modern technology, and they did it. He said everybody's handing out credit everywhere else. Yeah, I, I think the common narrative, though, Rose, also one of my favorite humans, he actually wakes up every morning. He goes outside of his estate. Uh, barefoot, and he lets uh, with a with some rosé, and he lets God bless your boy. Every, <laughs> and I love Rick Ross. Okay, uh, Fat Boy was the ghost rider behind a lot of our favorite flows. I believe he's the one that said that, and many other things. But you is Graham Hancock under the um, the thought that the aliens came down, did their thing, built those, and, and kind of been a part of the entire history a lot more than we are recognizing today. I no, he doesn't mention that. Oh, he what just the fuck. That some of these civilizations that have we've been told were very primitive may have had some technology that was far superior than uh, the credit that we give them uh, at this point. To be able to move some of these large stones, um, that would be difficult for today's technology. 
Hmm. Okay. What about the there's, aliens? There's some talk about Atlantis as well. You'd be oh, okay. Oh, down in the Bahamas. That's right. Uh -huh. Down there in the Bahamas, the Atlantis. That place is unbelievable. Hey, let's talk about the aliens. Though. Can we get into this? You got a Saturn shirt on. All right. We're talking about the... Uh, the, the Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock here. We're talking about a lot of things, and you you've obviously seen an unidentified aerial phenomenon, which what is called. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people think you're potentially an alien. You ever think about that? People say this guy not from Earth. You see what he does? He's an alien. Do you do you ever think about that when you look in the mirror and stub your toe? I, I do, and I I think that's a big compliment. I appreciate that. Ladies and gentlemen, the man who founded the biggest book club in the globe, and also an alien. And a man who would join me. <coughs> Go ahead, get it in. I'm going to let you get in before I sign off. At a howl at the moon someday. Hell yeah. Reigning MVP. Jumper. Aaron Rod. Oh, oh dude. Guitar playing in his little quarantine lockdown. Oh. Did you see that son of a bitch? What is this thing called? Oh, yeah. he, 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 Tempo. He, he's already got that thing locked in there. Yeah. He's been practicing new songs, and maybe he dropped his guitar on his toe. Oh, oh that's what he did. He probably dropped his guitar on. Yeah, his why wouldn't he tell us, man? What happened? It had to be something embarrassing. It had to have been maybe him climbing up on the mirror to add another name onto the list. Yeah, uh -huh. and he slipped and fell. Maybe broke his toe. <laughs> Joining us right now. Uh. The voice, basically, Thursday Night Football. Oh, yeah. An absolute superstar on NFL Network, host of the Round the NFL Pod, on the Clock Podcast with Blue Wire Pods. Oh, yeah. Good morning football on the weekends. Yeah. Absolute superstar, ladies and gentlemen, Colleen Wolf. Yeah! Hello! Hello, hello, great to see you. Hey, it is great to see you as well. We can't thank you enough for joining us again. You crushed for us the last time, and uh, I know you got a busy schedule. You have 45. Hey, Colleen, you got 45 fucking jobs, dude. You're crushing it out there. Yeah, I mean, I don't sleep, but that's okay. Listen, uh, by the way, I just want to tell you, uh, your accent, it sounds like my entire family. I didn't realize that you were from Plum, Pennsylvania, buddy. I was just Googling exactly where that is in the state. Same state. I'm from outside of Philly, and seriously, my whole family sounds like you. Well, is it Philadelphia accent? It's a little bit different. You guys dropped the Johns in there. Uh -huh. And like the, yeah, the water. I know. I actually have my John bracelet on right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you got the O's and the home and the yeah, phone, yeah. and I love it. Great uh, to see you again, my friend. Hey, great to see you as well. Philadelphia, an incredible city. I mean, obviously, Pittsburgh's better than Philly, but I mean, that is... <laughs> we don't have enough time. Probably, we don't have enough time. It's a shame. Let's get into... Uh, Let's get into last night in the NFL as a whole. Right now, underdogs are winning at a rate that they never have in the past. Just this weekend, 9-5, and five, the dogs won against the spread. Last night, obviously a huge, huge shot to everybody in the NFC about what the Niners just did to the Rams. Why is the NFL the way it is this year, Colleen? I mean, you're right entrenched in the middle of all of it, interviewing all the people involved. Is everybody think it's as, as insane as we do? I mean, how about on Thursday night last week with the Dolphins beating the oh, Ravens? Yeah. I mean, we all saw that one coming, right? Robert Hunt, my new best friend. I love him so much. But this is like a crazy mixed up NFL, and I love it. I love every single thing about it because, come on, if like these teams that were supposed to win were winning, then come on, it's boring. No, last no, night, it's, it's not. It's actually pretty profitable team. gambling. <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. sorry to all. The, I don't. What is gambling? What is betting? No, no, hey, you crush it. FanDuel's on the third. 
Thursday Night Football show and you crush it. You actually, you probably, because you're from Philly, by the way, that oh, is yeah. Yeah, probably a pretty natural thing. You crush it on there. But you're right, I guess. It, do you think there's going to be a time where these teams find their level or do you think we're in for a lot more shakeup, you think, the next few weeks? Well I've been waiting for these teams to kind of level out and come back around because every year you have like a certain couple games that are kind of like mulligans or weird things that happen. But like even just the AFC in general over the last few weeks has just been so hard to figure out. And then with you have last night, what happened with the Niners and the Rams? I mean, the Niners beating them by three scores. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't be surprised because the Rams always lose to the Niners. It's just like this weird thing. But when the Rams have lost this year, they have lost really bad. They've lost control. They don't look like themselves at all. They completely take their hand off the wheel. It's like me on Fridays after TNF at the airport. I just like completely, I, I'm a disaster. And that's how I like it. But I don't like seeing my Rams that way. Yeah. I can understand that. And I mean, whenever you're just kind of sleepwalking through life, it's uh, you can find some beautiful moments of clarity in there, too. So I'm sure Fridays are rather enlightening for you after you crush it on Thursday Night Football. And, and the early remarks out of the Stooge crew here in the Internet is, mm -hmm. oh, the Rams are front runners. OK, whenever they when things go bad, they can't get there. How do you think they get past that? And do you still think the Rams are going to be in uh, contention at the end of the day? I think they are. This is just a, a blip in the matrix, just like the Cowboys. Broncos do you think the Rams find a way to not be like what you said you are on Fridays <laughs> I think so I think that they will be able to find a way because come on we have seen them play at such a great level and it's a division game that they lost against the Niners you know how these division games can go oh, sideways, sideways yeah. and yeah they lost to the Titans who are really good you were just talking about how great they have performed this year with Mike Rabel doing his thing and keeping this team in check but then also they lost to the Cardinals and that was another division game. So this is a team that, top to bottom, they're very good. And sure, we were all waiting for Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, and Vaughn Miller to come in mm -hmm. in prime time and do their thing. And it didn't happen. It was a little bit of a dud, no, a but that's okay. I'm not worried. I think it's going to get a little bit better. Uh, you know, prime time players make prime time plays in primetime games and Odell Beckham Jr. plus 320 to score a tud. I mean, I just thought that was come on. just a natural handout. A natural handout. It didn't happen. Uh, do you, the Thursday night football games, what access do you get to all the teams? And do you get a chance to hear players and coaches that hate Thursdays, love Thursdays? What is kind of your, the response that you get every single week dealing with Thursday night football? Uh, Pat, I don't know what you're talking about. Everybody loves Thursday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Everybody knows that it's never sloppy. Nope. Weird <laughs> things don't happen. Everybody is well-rested and refreshed and rejuvenated, just like I am right now on the show. But we do, we get to talk to the players, and obviously at the end of the show, for our post-game show, we have the star of the game on, and they have just won, so they feel great. And they're like, you know what? No problem. This was an awesome show. This was an awesome game for us, but yeah, we hear a lot on Fridays from the losing team about it being a short week. And then, of course, with injuries kind of folded in there. It's never great. But for us, it always works out well. I mean, even if the game seems terrible, like was last week with the Dolphins and the Ravens, my God, I felt like the game never even started. But then once it did get going, it was perfect and it paid off with Robert Hunt. Yeah, I agree. Robert Hunt with that touchdown. Ooh. How about the refs? <laughs> Okay, how about the refs letting the play go? All right, immediately illegal. Hey, probably blow it dead. They let it go, and then they spot it wrong, 
And then they take it. I mean, there was just a, a comedy of airs. And I don't want you to get in trouble. You obviously work for NFL Network and do a lot of that. These refs, though, I mean, geez, Louise, call. Stink. I know. They stink. I know. You know what? It is. It's tiring to watch, especially with the taunting calls. I'm with you. I will probably get in trouble. I'm in the middle of the newsroom, by the way, right now. Whoa, 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 what's going on? We got any news? We got any news? Who's around? Anybody cool? Is uh, Michael Orvin? No, it's just like an empty. I'm in a glass case of emotion. There's nobody else here. (laughs) So uh, I I feel like, though, at any point since I'm talking about the refs, that like this whole ceiling is (laughs) cracking down on me. But my favorite thing from this past week, Pat, was I don't know if you saw the dude, the fan at the Cowboys Falcons game that was dressed up as a ref and he was just throwing flags oh, at Falcons fans and that. blowing his whistle. It was fantastic. So shout out to that guy. Yeah, I mean, people dressing up as refs is never a compliment to the refs. I don't think I don't no, think I've ever no. seen mm. one. But maybe we should change that right here, right now, so the roof doesn't fall on your head over there. That's in SoFi, right? That that whole new studio is gorgeous, right? <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. I'm actually looking out the window uh, right behind where the screen is at SoFi. It's gorgeous. It looks like something from uh, Marvel just kind of dropped into Los Angeles, just in the middle of this neighborhood in Inglewood. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well six billion or something. Like that. It's supposed to be two billion, and then it ended up being like six. That thing can't handle a rainstorm, though. So if it starts lightning, get your ass out of there, Colleen. Yeah. All right? I got you. No problem. Need you to be safe. This, uh, this Thursday, what is it? Patriots 5? Falcons? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Falcons just got ran out of a building. Mm -hmm. And the Patriots seem to be getting hot. What are early indicators for you, Colleen, going into a beautiful Thursday night? Well, I'm really excited to see Mac Jones coming off a career day. He was so good this past week, setting completion high, I think career highs in completion percentage, passing touchdowns, passer rating, whatever, you name it. Also, we found out he's a child model, or he used to be, so I don't think he's modeling still, but you gotta check out those photos because they're fantastic. Ramondre Stevenson also ran the ball so well. This Patriots team, they've been really playing great complimentary football, and that's been the key to their success. Their defense is playing better as well, and I'm just so sad for the Falcons and Matt Ryan. At this point, mm. he's making a hundred million dollars. He yeah. couldn't move home from school. Yeah, you're right. You're right. He's cool. He's fine. Yeah, he's trying. He's moving too. Yeah, he's Artie Smith down there is uh-huh. you know drawing up some success. I guess they just ran into a Dallas Cowboys team that you know Mike McCarthy did the anti monkey butt, right? And they were ready to go after an ass beating, which I assume will happen for the Rams and maybe the Buccaneers this upcoming weekend. We're uh, talking to Colleen Wolf, host of Thursday Night Football, uh, what kickoff show and then post show? Is that accurate description? Yes. Game day kickoff, the post-game show, the whole bit. You guys do well. I think it's good coverage. Steve Smith, he... <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. He is... Yeah, I love any time... Give me the camera. Which <laughs> Anytime that happens, you know something amazing is about to happen. The show when is When he good. calls for his single... I mean, listen, Steve, not very opinionated. He's pretty <laughs> even-tempered. Yeah. He doesn't really, like, go out on a limb or anything like that. Oh, my God. I love... Whenever... We talk about Baker Mayfield. Just, like, sit back, relax. I put the quarter in. I let him go. Yeah. Well, I'm sure Baker isn't exactly thrilled about that. But, Steve, (laughs) I mean, it is absolutely wonderful. Go ahead, Ty. Colleen, do you still have your ears to the ground in Philly? What's the temperature like there with Sirianni? Because it seems like when they get beat, everyone thinks he's a doofus who should get fired. (laughs) And when they win, they say he's the second coming of Bill Walsh. So what's going on there? 
You seem like you know Philadelphia very well. Have you lived there before? Are you actually an Eagles Yo. fan? Because you might be, based on what you're saying. Like, that's exactly what happens. When they lose, it's terrible. The sky is falling. Nick Sirianni is talking about flowers growing in the ground and roots and, and how things really need to, you need to water. I don't even know what he's talking about half the time. But then when they win, all right, maybe this guy shouldn't be ran out of town. So at this point, coming off the win last week against the Broncos, right now it's a building block situation, and maybe they can sort of make a some type of fake kind of run at this point. But oh, plus 260. Hey, I love him. Hey, plus 260 to make the playoffs for the Eagles. I don't think they were ever out there. Are you from Philadelphia? Yeah, I'm actually from Delco, so, you know. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah. I knew it. I knew I could tell right I'm calling, away. Calling, no, I'm not. No, 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 I'm not. Colleen, Colleen, he's a liar. Do not. So I am sorry liar. he did that. Jesus. He is from hey. John Wayne Gacy's Waterloo, hey, Iowa. Gino's your pants. Neither. Come on. Yeah, now. I know. It's Dal Sandros. Oh. Dal Sandros. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. Hey, by the way, he's, he's got a good Sirianni as well. I mean, uh-huh. I'm sure. Sirianni loves it. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Colleen, you mentioned talking to the players on Thursday. Will you get a chance to talk to Bill Belichick about his uh, pregame outfits? And if not him, will you get a chance to talk to Steve Belichick and his tongue that just seems to only be outside his mouth during games? Focused. Energetic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't understand what's going on with his facial expressions during games. Sometimes I wish there was a camera just trained on him, but then as soon as it pops on my screen, I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to see that anymore. The fact, though, that we have been talking about Bill Belichick's wardrobe and his fashion style, like, the past couple weeks, I've seen a couple things with, you know, his sweatpants rolled up, he's got the jacket on. I don't know. He's making some changes around town, and I'm feeling it, guys. Oh, is it a midlife crisis? He's coaching for another 30, 40 years. Hell yeah. He saw how Michael's at 75 on the Manning cast and knows that he's not necessarily the epitome of health, but it looks uh-huh. like he's not slowing down at all. Bill Belichick's still squatting out there. Goddamn right. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Colleen, when Steve yeah. Smith did what he did, talking about Baker, did Joe Thomas just sit there and take it, or did he push back? Like, What's it like on set when something like that happens? Uh, well, there's a lot of dynamics that are going on Good on work. set, but... I would say that based on Joe's reaction, I'm I'm not sure how much he disagrees. Whoa! Joe is going to shoot me for that. Uh, no, I think that Joe is so loyal. He's so beloved in Cleveland. He is so ride or die. So he stands up for his boy, Baker. But Steve will speak his mind no matter what. Yeah, Steve's awesome. I mean, I, I was sitting right next to Rex Ryan when he did something oh, to Baker yeah, as well. That's right. that's right. And I even felt a little bit like, oh, come on. <laughs> that's a little rude. But Baker's about to get paid somewhere, probably, hopefully, who knows. Colleen, I don't know what you make. I hope they give you more. You crush it. And we can't thank you enough for joining us. Thank you, guys. I'm going to tear my sleeves off for you next time I see you as well. All Later, respect. Buddy. Respect. Ladies and gentlemen, Colleen Roth. Today's show is presented by Arby's. Just when you thought it couldn't get better than the real country-style rib sandwich that was smoked low and slow in an East Texas smokehouse, Arby's one now did themselves again. Hell yeah. We now introduce to you the Arby's Boneless Wings. Arby's delivered 7,000 of these things to the office yesterday, and we can verify they are delicious. Top notch. Legit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Perfectly sauced. Yeah. Not too much, not too little. 
seemed like, now granted it was for our office specifically, so you're gonna have to try out that seemed like it was cooked to a perfect amount and I ate it hours and hours later. Mm -hmm. Still a good, good kick. Cold. Still a good kick, mm -hmm. good taste, good texture on the boneless wing. Delicious. Very impressed. They should have been doing boneless wings for a long time. Now. Yeah. They had barbecue, they had what? Uh, uh, buffalo, buffalo. What? they had, uh, I think there's two others, right? I don't know. Honey? We yeah. had those two. Yeah. We're talking about six pieces of all white meat in crispy seasoned breading tossed in either classic buffalo or hot honey sauce. There it is. Okay. Served with their new crinkle cut French fries, which might be even better than curly fries. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they told me they to say that. They are very good. They are. They are. They are Can you get some cheese on this? Oh, oh my God. They're salted very well. Oh, my God. All that is just $5. Wow. What? Six pieces of boneless chicken. Stupid. What? How do they make money? I don't know. Uh, crinkle cut french fries. What? The cheese will probably be a little bit more. Yeah, 60 oh, cents. Yeah. <laughs> $5. Get out and try yours today. Thanks to Arby's. Shout out to Arby's. Time to out. the all-time leading tackler. The Daily Coach is better. Well, Whoa. the Daily Coach is an email that shows up every day mm -hmm. that Michael Lombardi, uh, a couple other coaches send out. And it has a different vibe. You know, it, it has a little different a vibe. They're, they're trying to get you to run through a wall. Uh -huh. That's right. And try to learn and be better. And it is motivating. I'll take the morning grump and I'll read the Daily mm -hmm. Coach in the email. And I'm like, Paisan Lombardi was some <laughs> good gobble here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Daily Stoic, though. This is at uh, this is a night before I go to bed. Kind of bring me down. That's yeah, really exactly. Nice. Kind of reminder as I go into La La Land. You know? I get it now. Yeah. Dom Ross could be the next villain in the you know new Fast and Furious though. Well, listen, if the family's coming together for yeah. Pablo, yeah. Dom Ross is going to be. Is Ram Dass? Ram Dass is dead. Ram Dass has died. Ram yes. Dass. Oh, yeah, yes. this is the one. Well, I believe that, that was Sun Tzu. Was Sun Tzu. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyways. Dom Not a big reader. Daily Stoke is one that it's I could have. And, I, and I'm happy we all got to hear today's reading uh, because one hour from now we'll begin Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which will then move into Aaron Rodgers Book Club Tuesday. Oh, which yeah. Is all about the intelligence of the humans speaking in to the microphones during the show whenever Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is happening. And one of those is uh, the all time leading tackler for the Centerville Oaks mm -hmm. Ooh. in Centerville, Ohio. That's right. Okay. He's the all, by the way, legendary school. Oh, yeah. Wow. A lot of studs. Legendary. A long time. But even more so, all time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers. Wow. Super Bowl champion. College football national champion, Holy shit. Ryder Cup champion, Ooh. father of 10. Ladies and gentlemen, from Ohio, don't hold it against them, A.J. Hall. What's up, man? Hey, congrats on uh, on being from Philly, man. I, I knew your accent sounded weird, but now with a Philly accent, I, I could tell that didn't hurt very much. Well, Colleen, you know, she's she was great. I could tell you didn't uh, weren't upset instantly when well, she started saying. <laughs> uh, you know, as she was, because I, I thought she was going to say her family was from Pittsburgh, because that happens a lot. People are like, "Hey, yeah. you sound exactly like my family." Whenever we have holidays, mm -hmm. they grew up in insert name of town or hill in Pittsburgh. That didn't happen at all. She's like, "Oh, I'm six and a half hours the other direction." Yeah. But she was awesome. Hey, she was she was incredible. She is awesome. Yeah, she's great. That, that Thursday night football show, um, you know, Steve Smith just mm -hmm. he is electrified. Yeah, he, he came on the show and we told him. I think I told him, hey, you got to be on Twitter. Like we get it. He doesn't even do Twitter or anything. No. He just shows up on that Thursday night football show, post game and pre show, and just goes. He is unbelievable. I really like 
that show uh, that they, they got cooking. And she gave us a lot of great insight about, you know, Thursday night football and everything that we've kind of experienced. But it's nice to hear what it is happening now. And the conversation about what the fuck is going on with teams this year is one that we're not the only ones having. It sounds like Colleen Wolf and the NFL Network people are talking about this. I assume this is happening in all the networks and every single bar, every single house. What the hell do we know? We don't know shit about fuck with the NFL right now, AJ. I am colder than ice. This guy, they're calling him Jared Goff. They're yeah. calling him Whoa. Matthew Gofford after one bad night. Odell Beckham Jr., actual team cancer, people are saying on the internet. He shows up, they play their worst game. A team that hasn't won at home in a year wins their first game, and they also win the first game in four games. What happened to the Rams last night, and did you get a chance to watch the Manning cast? How was the experience? I mean, yeah, I absolutely watched the Manning cast, and you're, you were correct. They showed your tweet talking about Phil. Phil was perfect. I wanted Phil just to continue to ask questions all night. I thought it was – all the guests were actually very good. But I, I think it's sometimes – not taking anything away from any of the guests, they need to have less guests and just let Peyton and Eli go. Like, that's what I want. Well, I agree with you, and we'll get to the game, I guess, here as we break down the Manning yeah. cast. <laughs> as we break down the Manning cast. But I, I agree with you because – Peyton can't pay attention to the game as close as enough, yeah. uh, close enough. So he's doing this. If we get Peyton in the game, you know, and he's, mm-hmm. oh, what are they doing? They've been doing that. Been, that's whenever uh-huh. when he gets pissed off about bad football. I think that is what we all love. Now, Al Michaels, unbelievable. Like, hey, look, I love. Al Michaels, he's 75. That dude's 70. Terrible golfer. He is 70. I'm a terrible golfer as well. At least he's entertaining with it. You. Human piece of shit. <laughs> Most relatable. And he, he doesn't eat vegetables, I guess. I loved Al Michaels. Phil Mickelson, though, going in there, like we're watching because Peyton's here and Eli are here. I think a little bit more maybe setting them up to do more football stuff is good. But Phil understood that. I think Phil, I got a chance to DM with Lefty. No big deal. Yeah, mm-hmm. no sounded like uh, some, I was with my brother watching it and he's like, man, these are like, he's actually like asking like real in-depth questions. I'm like, well, yeah, Phil loves to gamble i'm sure these are all gambling <laughs> all right so next week when you're playing tom because we had our, our peyton when, when i'm betting on tom who's losing what is he looking at when i'm doing this whole thing but remember he taught me that whole um front foot yeah yeah chip thing to make me a scratch golfer which is going to take 20 million dollars from you at some point which is incredibly cool and i'm very yep. very yeah. that's all it takes it. nobody he's never told anybody else that everybody he tells becomes a pro no offense to everybody else you and I are not the same. I am a Martian, okay, when it comes to some of these types of things, especially when it comes to the no-brain-having stuff, like golf, when you're trying not to think. That is where I am at my prime. Like, when, you're, when there's zero thinking, just, just naturally dumb idiot. I'm pretty good. And golf can become that, from what I've been told, especially when you're so confident with the goddamn wedge and you can just make the ball dance on the green, which is what Phil Mickelson, the lefty, taught me. And he got dunked on last night by Peyton Tiger. Phil, hilarious, because Peyton and Tiger are close friends. And we've always said Phil is the Powerade of golf. Yeah, he, but yeah. he would have been Gatorade if Gatorade hadn't come around at the same exact time. But I didn't know how our relationship was. You know, I didn't know how me and Phil's relationship was, even though he helped me win $20 million in the future from you. Um, And he liked the tweet that I put out. 
So I sent a DM. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you crushed on there. And he, he responded and said, thanks. He finds it also fascinating to listen why people are the way they are. And I think that's exactly how I am. Like, that's why I'm pumped for this man in the arena tonight. I think there's a lot of people that, like, the people that are at the top, I want to know why and how. Like, how'd you do it? Because everybody else is trying to do that thing. That was good from Phil. Like, curious, I think, trying to learn a little bit. Because that's what we're trying to get from Peyton and Eli, you know? Anybody that is is curious, like, well, like, all intelligent people are curious. They are. They ask questions. They want to know things. Phil does seem to be very intelligent. Peyton is super intelligent. You see Peyton bouncing questions back and forth. And I do love Eli going back at him and throwing little digs. Oh, yeah, hell of a call, Peyton, like after he says that they should punt the ball and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I would not. They're going to try to draw him off sides. Even, even though they took a timeout, I think it's going to be a delayed game or whatever. And then, boom, touch, yeah. touchdown, yeah. fourth down. It was – it was a, I, I enjoy that show. I appreciate what they're doing for sports media, too. You know, like, mm-hmm. awesome. that is not lost upon me that there might be some segments that maybe aren't exactly home runs, and there's some that are pretty good, but they are changing the game. And the fact that Peyton, you know, and Tom is on social media, and Aaron, like, the, these are the goats, the stalwarts of the game, basically innovating, and I, I love that. I enjoy that. I'm a big, big fan of that in the sports media world. Let's talk about the game, though. Kyle Shanahan smacked McVay right in the mouth. Like, Kyle Shanahan, I guess, has done the McVay a lot. They ran it right down their throats. I mean, right down. A lot of misdirection. You know, a lot of, a lot of glitz, a lot of glamour, a lot of movement, a lot of this. Jimmy Garoppolo, if you're listening to Eli and Peyton, which you probably should do, he missed a couple of the motions, actually, because there were so many of the motions. He was like, I think Jimmy was actually supposed to send him in motion there. He forgot. It was juice leading the way, chipping. They were doing a lot of... A lot of Tosses inside, inside tosses, absolutely unbelievable what they were doing. Is this more on the Niners being great or the Rams stinking, AJ, in your eyes? I, I would put it more on the Niners just executing a, an awesome game plan last night. Also, their defense can fly. Like when they're playing yeah. well, you see how fast those guys are. Their linebackers, I love watching them. Like their defense was very fun to watch last night. And I was a bit surprised that the Rams never found a way to get it going, but they out physical. Like, 49ers came out and they beat him up, and then that's why they won. Matthew Stafford's getting crucified. Oh yeah, hey, he'll be he'll be fine. I think. Really? I think. Fine. Hey, you sure? said I think there. You Whoa. said I think there. Well, okay. Is this is this at all similar to like how the Bucks stumbled a little bit early on last year with their quasi super team? I agree. And then they had a bye week, and then they figured it out and they changed their offense, and it feels like they're going back to what they were doing before the bye week last year. Tampa, what the fuck are you doing? Well, they, they had it figured out. They had it all figured out. Do you remember playoff Lenny uh-huh. and Ronald Jones and then the play action that came mm-hmm. after that? Now, they're out. They're without Gronk and they're without AB, and that is obviously massive. But they've gone away from what made – I mean, that's Tom Brady offense right there. Yeah, and he usually doesn't make the mistakes he made, like two interceptions in a game for Tom Miss. Brady. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. of them being bad. Well, you don't play for as long as Tom Brady has played whenever those things happen. So, obviously, that's an anomaly. But for the Rams – Without Robert Woods, a lot of people are asking, are they going to be able to get going? And I just assume so many superstars, so many big brains, they understand that the time is now. Maybe they'll be able to figure it out. But there's a lot of people saying, what if they don't? And those people hate Matt Stafford, I think. I think those people hate Matthew Stafford. People are saying Carson Wentz better than Matthew Stafford right now, which, by the way, as a Colts fan, I love the internet saying that. I I love the internet saying that. Carson, let's keep that thing going. I appreciate the hell out of what you've brought to the team in Indy or whatever, but one bad game primetime, Matthew Stafford stinks crowd very, very loud. I hope, for his sake, that he does come back and ball out. Well, I think any 
how you how people evaluate players now. It's just it's a week by week thing. Oh, like you're saying, okay, Carson Wentz better than Matt Stafford. Are you saying overall you you would take Stafford? Oh, or you take him over Stafford right now? Or, or what are you saying? Like because next week we know it could completely change. That's what the NFL is. Hey, it was like that when you were playing too, right? I mean, quarterbacks or teams. Like, I don't remember as, as wild of upsets and things happening like this year where you expect teams to win and then they get blown out do the underdog stat real quick so we can get aj's uh shouldn't this happen last year during the covid year where you thought things would be messed up yeah but and then last year we all just assumed all the good teams since they have the same exact situation everybody has the same situation the good teams will be able to figure out how to be great or whatever Mm -hmm. this year nothing makes sense nothing and it has become pretty expensive on my FanDuel account. <laughs> Nothing makes sense, which, by the way, I'm handing over the reins of the next Super Booster to, to somebody else. And okay. I can't wait to see who is doing it. Might be AJ, might be Tone, or okay. Gumpy oh, on the yeah. Hammer Don Cowboys. Did you lose all four of your bets then last night? Yeah, dude. All right, I took it. <laughs> Did I lose two, all, both of mine? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you still beat me. So. Almost got the over, though. Not no. really. Oh, <laughs> It looked like it early on. I might get it. If the Rams could have figured anything out, it did. But that stat there is wild. This weekend, nine and five. Uh, yeah, nine and five against the spread underdogs this past weekend. Eighty-seven, sixty-two, and one. It's absurd. And it's seventeen games. They were big underdogs too, though. Remember, the lines were huge. Yeah, look at this. Oh, and yeah. then this weekend, the lines are massive again. There's an eleven. There's a ten and a half. There's multiple seven and a halves. I mean, there is. I don't think anybody has a clue what's going to happen. Now, somehow the sports books continue to win. Right. I don't know how the fuck they know. I mean, what do they know that we don't know? I guess we have to start asking those questions. But this season has been absurd. And the Cowboys, I guess, are a perfect depiction of that. Just a week ago, Teddy Two Gloves was all the way back. The Broncos, mm-hmm. maybe after Von Miller gets traded, are going to be able to rally and go yeah. and run that roster. And then they just, they, they don't. No. They, they did not at all. And then Dallas went the complete opposite direction. When are we going to figure it out, AJ? When do you think? When do you, the Thanksgiving? Is that the. Playoffs, the, maybe? I don't know. It might go into the playoffs where a team lays an egg like as they're going into the playoffs or something the last couple of weeks. I, this is, it's just, it's odd how the Rams continued to just not get anything going offensively, I feel like, last night. Well, Robert Woods being out, number two weapon in a pass-heavy offense, out is a big deal. Now, we just assumed, right? And they did force-feed Odell. Yeah. Just like Tom Brady did to Antonio Brown whenever he was a Patriot down in Miami when Tom wanted a little bit more say on who his weapons were. Uh They brought in Antonio Brown out of the Raiders because he had just left the Steelers to the Raiders, celebrated. There was a lot of question marks going on in Antonio Brown's life at that time. It was not a great... Not a great time, I don't think, for Antonio Brown, the human, as opposed to Antonio Brown, the player. Tom Brady threw him the ball seven straight times. Yep. And that was a message to everybody. Like, hey, we are going to make this guy part of the offense. Also, I appreciate this guy being here. McVay and Stafford, first play, nobody else was getting looked at other than Odell Beckham Jr. I thought we were sitting pretty for the anytime touchdown. And then just a couple plays later, the punt happens for Matthew Stafford's right arm. And uh, uh, OBJ zigs. Instead of Zags, which is what Matthew Stafford thinks, and now everybody's saying OBJ is is a cancer to to the locker room and the team. It, and it's just I mean, come on. That's what people are saying, AJ. I know, I know. Like, can we have a few more games at least before you try to claim this? I, that's what. No, you can't nope. in this world. <laughs> and by the way, this is what the NFL would like, right? Yeah, is for this type of instant reaction after every single game, even ten weeks into an eighteen-week season. For it sure. is. It's hysteria at all times. And to be clear, I'm a part of it. I ride that. And I don't know. 
I don't know what's going to happen. I have no fucking clue. The Colts are one in four. The Colts are yeah. one in four. Now they're one of the hottest teams in the entire NFL. Let alone, now they they couldn't put away they couldn't put away the goddamn Jags, no. and they lost to the Ravens and the Titans after fourth quarter collapses. So maybe they need to tighten up a little competitive stamina over there to yeah. keep the games going over there. But what we thought we knew at one time, we know nothing now in this league, and I guess that's why it's the greatest league on earth. To uh, to like your point of all like this happening and the underdogs and stuff like that. There's 12 teams in the AFC who have a winning record, which is absurd. And then in the NFC, the 15th place team is the Chicago Bears, and they're one game out of being the seventh place. Bear down. It's absurd. <laughs> well, Bears currently way down. Yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. Down 16, down 16 is right. The way up. 16 is the line. Yeah, 16. very top heavy uh-huh. yeah, in the NFC. Yeah. It's insane. It's wild, dude. And if you're a good team, I guess, like if you have a good roster and you've shown flashes of being great. You, the mission you have to be selling in your house is like, hey, we can go do that. We got it. The guy, hey, we got the team here. I don't know if you look around the NFL. There was undefeated seasons being talked about going in, and that is just not the case at all. Like There has to be so much hope and optimism in so many buildings mm-hmm. that are normally probably gone at this point, AJ. Well, everyone. I, I feel like a lot of people said, oh, what, who's going to beat the Bucks? They're going undefeated. Who's going to beat the Chiefs? Like People were saying they're both going undefeated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that has not happened like, at all. No. <laughs> That's pretty difficult to go undefeated, especially when you're well. thinking 17 games. I don't know. I've I've heard the pundits on TV say players and coaches they're trying to like pack it in for the long haul and almost conserve energy. And somehow in their brain they're not putting it all out there because they do know they have 17 games. I don't know if that's actually sure. a thing, really? but who knows? It's you weird. tell me, AJ. You actually played play. No, I don't in a- think that. I don't think that's the case. So, for instance, the reason why I think that metaphor might make sense and that might, you know go as a sellable option for what players are doing and maybe not playing their best is anybody that's ever been through a conditioning period knows that the number one question before the conditioning <laughs> period is, hey, what do we got? Mm-hmm. What do we got? And you, I was very lucky that I would always go in the afternoon workouts. It was hotter than in the summer. You're in the afternoon. But at least you know what you're getting because the morning crew already went through blind. There were Christopher Columbus going in there. <laughs> they had no clue what they it were It makes doing. a big difference, too. It's a, oh. huge, it's a huge thing if you just know what your final number is. Oh, my God. I need that final. I cannot not have that final number because just like what they're talking about, I am storing. I am. I'm coming through. If this is 12 seconds, I'm coming in 11 and a half every single time because I have to do that to make it through. But those, you know, the trailblazers in the morning that just go in there blind, I I didn't, I was so befuddled by these humans. Like, can you not go in the afternoon? Oh, it's too hot. Okay, it's hot anyways. But you're going in there. You might run 20 hundreds today. Mm. I, I don't even know how you sleep the night before that. So I could see how people potentially think you store energy for a long haul. Like, I, I completely get that. But there's no way that guys are going into games going, you know what, today, only going to hit with my left arm because I got to get through or only going <laughs> to only finish some plays. Like, that can't actually happen, can it, AJ? You would know a lot better than me. That can't actually happen or take place, right? No, I think once you start the game, it's a game. There's no – you can't half-ass football. Like, you'll get yeah. killed. So yeah. that's the thing. You Maybe in practice, though, maybe your preparation is – maybe guys, it's, they're lax because they feel like they have more time. they got to find – you know, i got to take care of my body. I'm not going to get as many reps and during the week. Maybe that's a thing, but I, I still don't see it being a huge deal. You're saying a couple more G days, uh, G days taking place, you know? Um, maybe. I mean, that's up to the coaches, though, if you want to allow that. Wow. Well, I just don't know how people would be conserving energy, but I can see how the long season will affect. And Tom Brady had a, 
a quote on Let's Go. He was like, guys struggle to get to 16 games. Like a lot of guys. And if you're not in the locker room and you don't know all of the players. Like there's been how many guys on the Titans? 90? 80. 80, There's been 80 active players thus far on the Tennessee Titans. I would like to go ask any random fan, any random Tennessee Titan fan, hey, start naming players that play for the Titans. You're going to get through 15, 20, maybe a great, great fan, 25 of them. The amount of people that come to the team and our special teamers get hurt, roll your ankle, they end up on IR, you don't even really hear, they get cut or a medical agreement is set. I mean, it is... The amount of people that don't make it 16 games, the only time you find out about it is when it's superstars. And that's basically what Tom Brady was saying. Like, hey, a lot of people can't even make it through 16. It is a struggle to get there. And then playoff games are just like, how do we tape the car back together to get through this game where it's win or go home? And then for the next week, let's do it again. Here we go. I don't know if people are prepping for that in-game situations, but I can see how the long season will affect things. I just don't know if... I don't know how people would do that, especially in a game where you can get got bad. You can get you, you, you can can't get like actively conserve energy. Like that's like in a game or even practice. You're not. I don't. I don't know. And, and if your coach thinks you're not practicing as hard as you normally would, then obviously that's on the coach. What is it? You're either coaching or you're allowing it. Is that JB? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. you're fucking allowing it. Goddamn right. That's what a great a, point. I try to think about that. I'm like, man, that's yeah, that's a good point. You got to really stay on these guys. When did he say that? He oh, whenever you're coaching uh, your daughter's basketball team. Uh huh. Uh, like, yeah. We slap the fucking floor. Now. <laughs> yeah. All right? When you don't slap the floor, that means you don't have zero respect for anything I'm saying. We're slapping the floor. I'm, I will not allow you not to slap the floor. You, you got slap? We slapping? Yeah, we actually haven't worked on any basketball just because I'm working on that with them. Little stupid Good, things smart. like that. Hey, Good. don't drop the ball when I'm speaking. So they just run suicides the whole time. Good. Smart. 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 And tell their shoes to stop squeaking. Yeah. 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 Trying Carter. to coach you. Got to crawl before you can walk. <laughs> hey, one real quick, though. The Tom Brady thing looks awesome. Looks amazing. Watch the whole trailer and all that. I can't wait. How? Who is that person on the ad, on the actual final screen when they pop up? Yeah, I don't. Is that I, Tom Brady? I thought that was like when they put a commercial or a movie together and it's just bland human. Yeah. I thought that's what it was, you know, because there's no logos on the jersey, obviously. Nope. None at all on the jersey. But you're right. The photo, I was also like, oh, did they try to draw him? Did they try to make it <laughs> like a movie? Is the this video like- <laughs> footage was so good. It was put together so well. And oh, then yeah. this popped up. I'm like, oh, no, this like takes credibility away from it. Is it a motion graphic? Are they trying to make like a movie? Is it a reenactment? NFT maybe? That's Tom. Oh, maybe it is Tom's NFT. It, we get that it is. We know that that that's supposed to be Tom. No, that is Tom. Can you zoom in a little bit on that, Z? Can we please? Huh. That's him. Uh, I don't know. That does kind of almost look like a CGI rendering. That's what, did no. they not cartoon him a little bit? If they cartooned him, they would have left the butt chin out for sure. It's still there right oh. there. You can see Jeez, it. Jeez, what is your I'm deal? just saying, that's that's the telltale sign. No, they know that's his calling card. They can't take that out. I don't know oh, if yeah. eyes are googly enough. Uh, it was fascinating, though, that this was the decision for the, the cover. And I do appreciate that that is... The only thing that stuck with you for the entire thing was the cover's terrible. It's distracting. I don't want to watch this, uh, it. It kind of reminds me of um, the what, the Hernandez doc when they had the oh, motion geez. photos. Say, AJ. That's what it reminds See, me of, the motion the photos. And the background stays still, but the motion of the – Yeah. That's what that reminds me of. Yeah, like this is moving almost. Yes, yeah. That, yeah, it feels like – That's my, probably a big part of the intro, and that just took the screenshot from it. Maybe. I mean, I'm excited. Hey, good eye. See, good baby Z. Good yeah. Z. Top 10 tight end, by the way. On the field. On the field, yeah. Off field. Wait, who are we talking about? Top 10. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's who we're talking about. Algie Crumpler? 
Oh, he was a beast. He used to maul folks. Oh, yeah. Dirty bird. Legend. Algernon. Yeah. What's that? Algernon. That's his name? Oh, yeah. Let's go, Algernon. Not him. We're not talking about Algernon. Those Hernandez documentaries, I think there's another one coming out. Oh, yeah. Either that oh, yeah. or they're they're reshuffling, like they're pushing it back up on Netflix because I'm seeing it on like its own bar now. But I think it's the same doc. It is the one that we watched? I think so. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable that happened, <laughs> yeah. that that was real. It's a guy in the kitchen? Uh-huh. Yeah. Cooking Making bacon. Making bacon <laughs> in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm painting Bob you didn't like Ross that. paintings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It was the uh, friend's dad. The friend's dad. Cooking bacon? Oh, that moved in, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a, it's, oh, man. It gets depressing, that whole story, oh, everything yeah. about it. Very. Uh, you want to hear another story? That is why, I, I mean, it's definitely depressing for somebody. Wild stories in sports that'll be made into movies and talked about forever like that. Can't wait to see Man in the re- Arena for much different reasons, obviously. Have have you heard the update on this PSG women's <laughs> oh, soccer geez. scandal? Unbelievable. Do you remember we were oh, the girl that hi- the Tanya Harding situation? Whoa, 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 whoa. So fast, my friend. Allegedly, initial reports of a Tanya Harding situation, a hire to remove starter so I can rise to superstardom and become my is allegedly at this point more information has unfolded. All fabricated. This was not the backup. It's a Shefty, a Shefty deal? No, well, well, so we don't know if Shefty's involved or not, but new information points to Eric Abadal's wife being the one responsible for ordering the attack on PSG footballer Kira Hamrao. Nailed it. It was allegedly revenge for sleeping with Abidal oh. while he was Bartha's sporting director and Hamrao played for Bartha. Wow. So, this was not the backup trying to become the starter, which was initially reported and we fabricated. Or fabricated. Now it's allegedly a little bit of a, a little bit of fuck me, no fuck you. How yeah. did this get out then? How did the Tanya Harding Can't. situation get out? Because I think that was just automatically assumed. They right? uh, they brought in. So she was in the car with the girl who they initially said was the one who. Like did the attack, so they brought her in for questioning, and I think detained her because I, I saw a quote from the her, uh, and she basically said like I have no idea why I'm here. I had nothing to do with this. Like so the the other lady did Galuli her, but like the, her teammate who was in involved uh, initially, she went into the police station and everything and was detained and had nothing to do. So with So this that. gets the the plot thickens, you know, and this might have been ten years ago. Who knows how long ago this was when. Uh, Abidal slept uh-huh. with uh, Hamarui. Uh, yeah, I, you know we don't know. We'll keep an eye to this, but I know movies are going to be made about this entire situation. When are people going to learn? You can't dip your pen in the company ink. Right. I've never heard that. Well, he came, He comes from the corporate. Mm-hmm. He comes from the corporate. Well, he yep. was he was a cube monkey there for a long. It's time. gospel where I come from. Yeah, the way it happened too. They dragged this girl out of her car and yeah. like started. So her the with wife, pipe. the wife was. Very frustrated. Uh-huh. Wait, did the wife do it? This wife hired somebody. Hired, hired, hired and this is years later. I think, right? If what I'm, did they? Did they like beat her with a bat? Honestly, what yeah, metal yeah. pipes. They dragged her out of the car and beat her the hell out in front of the backup who was detained. Yes. for doing this whole thing. So think about the backup. It's like, oh my god, oh my, yeah. god. and then all of a sudden you're arrested. You're in jail in Paris for it. It's like, what the fuck? The wife probably floated that out there. I would imagine the oh. wife would say, oh, 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 it was her. 
and they like searched through Abby Dahl's phone, and he had or called her or w- received a call from her that morning before the attack. See. This is like Cam Newton saying that you couldn't make up a lie this good. Uh-huh. This is the type of stuff that as soon as you see it, it's like, how is this real life? Yeah. Just like the her na- like how yes. yeah. how is that a real thing that's going on? How does he have enough time? To- there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the friend's dad. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, he cut promos for three hours. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go to five hours. Quarterback from- kid, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Mr. Yeah. Sansusi. Yeah, Sansusi. Sansusi. There it is. Got my ghoul. Let's go to the phones here. Let's go to Chris in Connecticut, 5 Energy phone line. What's going on, Chris? Speaking of. How's it going, Pat, AJ, and the boys? Hey, things are going good, dude. How are you? I'm pretty good. I want to talk about uh, what Connor tweeted last night. He said the Chiefs stole the Rams' mojo. That's incorrect. The Titans exposed the Rams. And the Chiefs got their mojo back because Jackson Mahomes was not on the sideline. Okay, Chris, uh, a lot of similar thoughts in this office yeah. alongside. Mm-hmm. Checks out. The Jackson Mahomes, keep his ass in Arizona. Yep. We're going to play in Las Vegas. Experiment was successful. Big time. Seems like that is something maybe keep doing so the football gods continue to bless you with what you had always been, which is a dominant, electrifying football player. Uh, the football gods are still going through an initiation process with old Jackson Mahomes. That's right, they're, yeah. They're still gathering intel on Jackson Mahomes. They're still trying to figure out whether or not old buddy still deserves to be blessed. That's right. With old old TikToking on Sean Taylor's number, Jackson Mahomes. Yeah, it was the last straw. That's potentially what is happening. I'm not saying that that is definitely the case. It's not in the Daily Stoic, but it is something that should be talked about and acknowledged as potentially being real. Is there any way that we can petition the NFL office? You know, if they, they have to put out the injury designations. Yes. Like an hour before the game. Yes. We have to know if Jackson's <laughs> attending the game or not. Because if he is, you can't bet on the Chiefs. And if he's not, Here we hammer go. the Chiefs. Hammer him. Here we go. All of a sudden, those 15-second-long plays are cashing in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes is stepping up in the pocket a little bit more comfortable and confident. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they're checking the ball down. It's like, wait a minute. How... Did the football gods not just go, oh, bless you, son? Mm-hmm. Because, though, know, Jackson, is that what seems to be happening? Is a very different person. I don't think that should go untalked about. So shout out to Chris A.J. Hawk. I mean, so I don't think we've seen the last of Jackson Mahomes at games. No, no, no. Oh, Come on. He'll be there Sunday. What you, the dude's a, an international superstar on there. You I, think he's going to stop? We know it's all about consistency in that game. X-Factor went to the Raiders. Uh-huh. Okay. I wonder. <laughs> huh? He's officially he moved. He's yeah. like officially. Well, there was a new man in underwear at the Chiefs game this weekend, looking like a superhero, who people thought was potentially a repackaged X Factor. Uh, I'm not sure that was the case. I zoomed in. I did not see <laughs> as much similarity as everything else. But if Jackson is held out of the Chiefs fan base until further notice, I don't think anybody would hold it against him. I don't. I don't think anybody would hold it against him. It's the best for the Bro. team. He, I don't think there's anybody on his side, is there? No. no. Can't be. After that, TikTokers, right? His, the people that follow him, I'm guessing, are on his side. Are they? I don't know. Uh, the other I, super fans turned on him. I know that. The, uh, a lot of young kids Jackson? that don't care about football, though, I think, that follow him. All the super fans turned on Jackson yeah. Mahomes? Yeah. <laughs> the X Factor and Red Extreme Red and them? Extreme. Before X Factor was. And they led the pack. They said, hey, Jackson can't The Jets guy? The Jets guy? Fireman, Fireman, Fireman Ed? Ed? Yeah. He's yep. dead. Oh. Whoa. He does, I think. Oh. Yeah. Didn't he? J E T S. Jess. Jess. 
Yes. Isn't that what he does? I think. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to remember because I, I think does. he was there one of the games I was there, mm-hmm. and then it, then he was retired for one of the games I wasn't. So I yeah. I don't remember which one it was, but I think that's what it was. What were you going to say, Gumpy, about old old uh, Fireman Ed? I just thought he quit on the team for no, a few years. He well, he did. He did. He did. He's fed up. He did. Oh. He did. Fireman Ed said, I can't even go to the fucking firehouse without being asked about this sorry sap of an organization. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's right. I'm, t- I'm just trying to save lives out here. I run towards fires instead of away from fires, and all I'm being asked about is the dumpster fire that is run by fucking Woody Johnson. Yeah. 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 I'm done with it. You guys put me on national television every single time there's a primetime game. Let's go find Fireman Ed. You have made me the pseudo mascot of this fucking team. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would like a little bit of better say. When when we're choosing to run the ball, when we're choosing to throw the ball, who we're who we're deciding to run the team, I would like a little bit more saying. They said, uh, "Excuse me, Fireman Ed, go fight fire, stay the fuck out of here." He said, "I'm not <laughs> I'm not coming back ever again." It's nice to see he is back on good terms with the Jets, but I can see how Fireman Ed was potentially fed up with the bullshits out there. Yeah, he was done for a while. I do believe Dave Sala, Bob's brother, was the one okay. who ended up bringing him back. This is awesome. Hey, Wait, really, really. Let, uh, we're not going to talk about this. I think one of uh, Bob Sala's brothers is a fireman. Uh, there was something uh-huh. in the, whatever the case. But there is a Bob Sala brother in the news right now. And I fucking love it. Rex Ryan, talking about Jets head coach Bob Sala, says uh, basically that he stinks. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's basically saying, stop comparing him to me. We are two very different coaches, different records, different everything, different energy. That's kind of what Rex Ryan said. David Sala, who is the brother of Bob Sala, we did our Twitter research. These two, David and Bob Sala, have sat down with the future owner of the Jets, Gary V. Yep. Both wow. liked the tweet. Both were added in the tweet. So this is Bob Sala's brother, David Sala, saying Rex Ryan took over a good man, Jeannie Roster. He won with it the first two years and lost with his own roster every year after. The only person making comparisons is you, Rex, in an effort to stay relevant. Stick to podiatry oh. and eating cheeseburgers. Oh. oh my god. Hey, this is off. This is this is heavy. this is off the top rope. I mean, they're all the way up. This is Dave Sala in the Sala family. This motherfucker, Rex. That's enough of this. We never see this happen, especially with head coaches in the NFL ever clapping back at any media members. And Dave Sala said, I, I'll fucking do it. <laughs> hey, Rex, fuck off, pal. I love it. I enjoy it. Bob Sala yesterday said he knows where my office is. He wants to come down. He can fucking run into the Sala buzzsaw as well. Hell yeah. But I will say this. Rex Ryan... Rob Ryan, Ryan family, they grew up playing hockey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a fight I'd like to see Triller put together. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Rex and Rob, Ooh. Bob and Dave. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> put that thing in there. I want to see it. But I, I like that this is happening. I enjoy people saying, hey, fuck you. I, I, like, I like that a lot, that Dave's sticking up for him. I assume Rex enjoys this as well as somebody who loves yeah. the give and take. What a moment, though. I'm surprised it's taken this long for somebody's brother to dunk on somebody so hard publicly. Well, the funny thing is, so Rex went on some other radio show and made those comments about Sala, not on his ESPN show that he had on the morning, and then Sala responded, and now Dave responds to Rex, and I love that he puts the podiatry joke in there, too. He's got to always slip something in about the feed. Well, I, I, as soon as I read it, I knew that was going to be the only thing you take out of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it was, a, it was, uh, yeah, it was worded very well. I, I thought, by the way, 
I think the fact that he said that even more so is why I love it so much. Like, hey, that is a real. That's not like, oh, your coaching stinks. You know, that's like, uh, oh, stick to eating. Hey, if you, hey, like, like, yeah. 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 If you want to get into this, pal, we can get into yeah. this. Yeah. 240 characters at a time. Uh huh. Hey, Dave Solid doesn't fuck around. No, he's he's about that action. I love Rex Ryan. That's why I think I love this so much. ESPN should love this because they're gonna are there, aren't they gonna meet up at the Super Bowl probably when old Bob is coming on the show? Ooh. Oh, this oh, is yeah. like the Baker yeah. uh-huh. yep. Super Bowl Same thing. Where, Greeny Jets fan. Where Baker passive aggressively just, <laughs> yeah, just littered the interview and conversation with so many things that got I assume Dave Sala would do the same, but whatever the case, the Jets do seem to be dead again. Yep. Yeah, Mike White. Good run. He should have been first overall. That's yeah. right. He, that's what he said. He might still be a guy. Yeah. We don't know. You can't say no. that and throw four picks, though, right after it. That's what I'm saying. The way it was being handled, I just found it not necessarily out of pocket, but close. Like, you, close. Like, think- one game, one drive, which was incredible. Oh, both of those. Incred- game okay. and drive. Absolutely incredible. I saw it firsthand at the Colts game. But the, the way it was being talked about in New York is like, we got a guy, he's our savior, his name's getting chanted in the locker room. And then it, it, because it took over an entire like three-week span, I think the amount of hype that got behind it was huge. And then him kind of adding to it, yeah. I was like, holy shit, I didn't expect this. Yeah. And I actually liked his moxie. I'm like, okay, I yeah. like I like this going to happen. But I feel like he's going to run into the same problems that potentially every quarterback does whenever they're trying to learn the NFL. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it it almost isn't his fault, but the entire situation got gassed up to like a point where... Right. Like, yeah, and then, you know, he's like, okay, maybe I am that fucking dude. I should have been... Well, he has to believe that he is. <laughs> exactly, uh-huh. exactly. But I think he probably did just, you know, get a little too big for his britches. A lot of talk about the Jets on this particular day, and that's because Dave Sala, if he's going to continue to dunk on media, folks... Yep. Oh. I love it. Hell yeah. I, I just don't want to accidentally say something bad about the Jets and Bob Sala here, and then I'm on the receiving end of a Dave Sala. No. Yeah. We've always yeah. been big Bob Sala fans. We know he's a savage. The entire organization stinks. Stinks, yes. Not his fault. No, we no. want Bob to be Bob, actually. I feel like that's always been a yeah, message. It was only once. Yeah. The thing about Bob, spelled the same way forward as it is backwards. Shit. It's interesting. Palindrome. Mm hmm. <laughs> Nice. Go hang a salami. I'm a lasagna hawk. Boom. <laughs> Another one. Thank you for letting us be a part of your Mondays through whenever you listen to us. We try to at least provide a little bit of a mental vacation for you as you battle through all the shit that you potentially have going on or allow us to be an asset and add to the incredible life that you're living. We're lucky and thankful for all of it. Uh, once again, if you enjoyed this, please be your friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Hashtag end of pod squad. We'll be giving away merch. Uh, Ty always does that. And speaking of Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Aaron Rodgers Tuesday evening. Cheers. See you manana.
Thank you.